Blog Talk Radio. It's time for Standing on My Soapbox, the daily rant and radio show. We talk about all of the good, bad, and the ugly of current events. Join your host, Scott Fullerton, and co-host, Craig Hurley. You, our listeners, are invited to call in and stand on our soapbox with us. Call 347-989-0126 between 4 and 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Monday through Friday. That's 347-989-0126. Now, here are your host and creator, Scott Fullerton, and co-host, Craig Hurley. Well, thank you, Katie. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to Standing on My Soapbox. It's ready to start a brand new week of Fantastic Talk Radio here. Give us a call over the next hour at 347-989-0126. We'd love to hear what's on your mind. I'm your host, Scott Fullerton, and joining me now, actor and writer, Mr. Craig Hurley. Craig Hurley, how the heck are you? Maybe it's time to let the old ways die. Maybe it's time to let the old ways die. Takes a lot to change a man. Takes a lot to try. Maybe it's time to let the old ways die. Yeah, I've been like... Welcome to karaoke standing on my soapbox. I like it. (laughs) Karaoke standing on my soapbox. Throwing a little country rock from... uh, from uh, what's his face? Uh, from Starsborn. I can't even. Bradley. I'm liking it. Bradley Cooper. How you doing, buddy? How was your weekend? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. How are you, man? I'm good. I'm in my uh, beautiful downtown Panera office today, so you're gonna be able to Excellent. hear the sounds of Youngstown as we go about the show today. But it's 73 degrees, blue skies, and puffy clouds, so I couldn't sit in the studio. I had to. Get out and about amongst the peoples. You know how it goes, right? Yeah. Can't say, uh, dude, later on, you guys got to watch out. There's a couple of storms heading your way. Nice starting out with the weather and 73 degrees. It wasn't even me. It was you. I don't understand that. There you go. It was beautiful. uh, We did have a little rain over the weekend, but uh, it is a beautiful day today. And we were talking about that on our news channels here, that we're kind of in this constant pattern you've been talking about where the ground is still saturated from water we keep getting rain about every other day every three days maybe not yep. long maybe it's a little bit but it just keeps the ground saturated which is playing hell on my mowing in the backyard because we have kind of a downward slope in my backyard so we can mow the top half but the bottom half is like half lake erie down there because it's so saturated so it's like your yeah, uh, that's mower sinks in and you can't push it that's the majority of the united states at this point uh especially the eastern half um, but yeah, we've, uh, and we're going to continue to get pummeled and yeah, dude, currently uh, down in Texas and, uh, and parts of Oklahoma and, and it's weird because Oklahoma hasn't really been on the radar, but if you look at the last 20 years of, of tornado season, um, more Oklahoma got hit twice in the past 20 years by a VF five. So, um, which is, you know, the, the biggest most of those, most right. of the lives are like freaking a half a mile to a mile wide and wide. Right. So they're on the ground, you know, a, a mile wide. And then they rip a path that usually goes at least 20 miles. So they, you know, they, they're, they're pretty destructive. Um, and it's, it's interesting to me that that more Oklahoma over the past 20 years, because we have been experiencing 
an immense amount of climate change that that area still continues to get hit. Um, even though our tornado alley has now moved over to more towards past the uh, uh, Mississippi Valley. Um, uh, but, and we can see that that's, you know, apparent by last month's activity down there in Alabama and in Louisiana, places that they don't normally get tornadoes. But yeah, today, yeah my buddy just got Texas, back from Louisiana. Texas, they had the big Oklahoma, jazz festival Missouri. down in Louisiana, yeah. and it was raining the entire time, he said. The great yep. music, lousy weather. Nice. Yeah. Uh, well, all he had to do was listen to me. He would have known it would have been raining. There you go. So. Oh, and speaking of which, I guess Diana Ross was down there on a freaking excellent concert. But then I read in the in the news today that I guess she felt like she was being felt up a little bit by the TSA agents and kind of had a little Twitter meltdown about it. Not really happy that the Diana TSA Ross. agents were getting a little handsy. With Diana Ross on her way back from the jazz festival in New Orleans. Um, what the? Wait, wait, wait. That's Diana Ross. Why? Why? Why is she having to deal with TSA? That's that was my first question. To be honest with you, it's like why are they must be cutting back on the budget of the jazz festival? She's flying commercial, but I don't know. Uh, yeah, that's no good. That's that's Diana Ross you're talking about. You know, know. she's she's queen. You, you need to treat her like that. Exactly. I, I don't understand people. She should she should just be fine. And there's so many ways to to go, you know. And it may seem like it, like it's more expensive, but you don't have to deal with stuff like TSA. Go private. You you, you right. literally drive up to the plane and then and then fly and and then get an Uber when you get there to, to your destination. I mean, it's like you know, or have a limo waiting for you. I, there's so many other ways to get around this stuff. Why she, you know, why she had to deal with that? I don't know. Lots of pop culture. I don't know. I'm not. I, I, I just started watching. I just started watching Game of Thrones, and uh, so I haven't, you know, obviously I haven't watched yes last week's or yesterday's and uh, or last night's. But supposedly there was a coffee cup. There's a continuity here. <laughs> There's a oh, coffee really? cup. Yeah. There's a coffee cup cup in one of the shots supposedly. So I think that's. Oh, that's I don't funny. Know, I think it's funny. Yeah, it's like wait, they didn't have yeah. I guess cups. last week was where everyone blew their minds. I have a friend in a New York Probably apartment everybody. building. I guess whatever happened last week, the entire no, apartment complex. You heard about thirteen people yelling in the whole complex because you know yep. New York is you're living right on top of each other. I guess yeah. last week something really major happened, but uh, still haven't uh, a seen an episode died, yet. Supposedly, a whole bunch of a whole bunch of people died in last last week's episode. And then, like, this was the funeral. This episode was a funeral. And then also the, you know, combining of different kingdoms. So, like I said, gotcha. I'm, I'm not watching it, you know, and, and but I do know. I, I do have to pay attention. So, But I'm watching. What are you going to do this weekend? Did you and Katie do anything fun and exciting? Um, we've done a, a lot of fun and exciting things. But, um, I, you know, our, our lives are, are mainly focused on work right now. So um, we're we're doing that, and that's you know not always stuff that we can actually talk about. So I can't you know can't divulge any secrets. Everybody's got to learn this shit on their own. Do you want to be even a part on of the, the weekends? You're working, thing? learning on your oh, dude, every day, every day. That's not that's not fun at all. There's been a lot yeah, of talk about a... daylight sucks. 
and there's also been a lot yeah. of talk about 20, 27 and all washed up. There's people that want me to get that thing out there, especially because almost everybody in the book is fucking dead. So um, well, I told you that you since know. day one that you need to get that out. Yeah, well, I, you know, I, I already I, I did release the the you know there's a bunch of people we had sixty eight thousand downloads on Amazon the first time that I released it, so um, we had a, you know we had a shit ton of downloads. So there's there's at least seventy thousand people out there that have that are reading it or have it and they have the digital version of it. Um, the um, uh, but I wanted to create a version of it that that everybody can read. Because there's some stuff in the original version that, you know, I was drunk when I was giving the interview for the book. And, yes, you know, I, I wasn't drunk later um, when I edited the book. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm currently, like, there, there was a lot of sexist stuff in there. And there was a lot of misogynistic stuff. And there was just some stuff that it was between guys in an interview. So it, it's, it's hard to explain that. And because Zach Wilson, uh, the uh, it was actor pre Me that, Too movement and everything too, guys were guys. And, uh, yeah, you know, but I, but even then, it, it, it's too, it's too much for a lot of people's delicate sensibilities. So um, where you know me, I'm, I, I, I was just talking shit. So I have to go back, and 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 I'm already part of the way through it. Um, where I'm taking out things that don't necessarily have to be there. If it's going to be a text and it's going to be a way for people to recognize where they are at in the entertainment business, then it, it doesn't need to have, I don't need to divulge so much, enter, you know, so much information. So that's what I'm, right. that's what I've been doing with it. I was going to tell you Friday and I totally forgot about it, but Saturday was national free comic book day. I was going to tell you to put up one of the, one of the um, versions for free and then have them buy the other two. But I forgot up on Amazon. I forgot to tell you about oh, that. That's all right. Well, I, yeah, I, 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 took, I went to my local comic book store on Saturday and got a couple of freebies and paid for a couple of comic books. I was a happy camper on Saturday. Yeah, I can't part. really be giving those away for free. Dude, they're cheap as hell on, on Amazon and on Google play. You can get for like two dollars and fifty cents. You can get the digital download of Daylight Sucks. They should want. That's what I'm saying. You Even got though, three episodes on there. Give one for free. They're going to want to see the next two. They'll buy twice as many of the next two editions if you give one away for free. Okay. Well, I I still have to finish uh, two and three issues. Two and three, um, as far as digital is concerned, I've got them in a practical form. I've got them, you know, as a comic book, but I don't have them as a digital format, and that's a pain in the ass, dude. It takes me freaking forever to do that, but I'll, I'll do it. Um, that's the only way I could actually give the other two away. So I thought all three were on digital. I didn't know it was just the first one. That's my bad. Nah, my bad. I just got issue one. And yeah, there's been um, some complaints because Esperanza, our our um, our protagonist, um, doesn't even get out of Mexico in issue one. <laughs> so a lot right, of right. Are like, <laughs> a lot of people are like, um. Okay, dude. So, you know, what happened? What, what did she get out of Mexico? What's going on? So, <laughs> Dude, I went to a one-year-old birthday party yesterday. It was so much fun. I, who would have thought you'd have fun at a one-year-old birthday party? One-year-old but birthday it was party. My, yeah, it was my third cousin's first birthday. Did the one-year-old have fun? 
she had a blast. She was in this little princess tutu thing and was just darting around the place like crazy and was all done in unicorns. There was unicorns all over the place and balloons. And my, it's my cousin, cousin's son's daughter birthday. So my third cousin, her first birthday. And my cousin is a firefighter. She's a, in the local, one of the local fire companies here, volunteer fire companies. So they had at the fire station and about 25 little one to five year olds that are just super fascinated with all the fire trucks and then the balloons that were around and it was Cinco de Mayo. So they had taco and tostada bars and food. And you white people in the United States are freaking nuts over this Cinco de Mayo crap. Guys, it is not Mexico's freaking independence day. All right. That's like in September. They, they, they did have a battle on the 5th of May, but they don't celebrate it in Mexico. It's a whole white people thing here in, in the United States. Nobody else. Dude, if we it. could have Taco Tuesday no. one day a week, I can have a huge Mexican fiesta once a year. Just give it to me. Okay. Give it to me. Okay. <laughs> it's good to celebrate the heritage. I get that. It's good there to celebrate go. the heritage. But, you know, that should, we, we should also be, like, changing, you know, uh, like Columbus Day into not just Indigenous, Indigenous Peoples Day. It's just, how about just Heritage Day? How about everybody celebrates go. what they are instead of you Invasion know, Day, to, National Invasion instead Day. Instead of Invasion Day. <laughs> National Genocide Day. You know, what the hell is that? Exactly. Oh, my goodness. It's so beautiful out here in my Panera office. I got to tell you, what do we want to dive into first? I don't want to dive into It's really into nice out here, news, too. It's so um, nice. Los Angeles is looking at about 65 degrees and cloudy, and there's rain around them. Uh, let's go east. Vegas is looking at like 80 degrees and uh, windy. Um, then uh, let's keep going. Uh, let's see, Denver. Uh, I'm just trying to remember this. I can't even. Uh, I'm like, great. I, I didn't have very much coffee, so because uh, I'm not looking at any maps currently. I did about two hours ago. Um, and, uh, Texas is blowing up like, dude, Texas and, and the lower part of Oklahoma, look out, um, Arkansas, Missouri. Well, Monday, the uh, 20th, you got to give me my route. Cause I leave here on the 22nd, two weeks from Wednesday. Wow, dude. You have yeah. I'll tell no you no on idea which way I'm going yet. I'll tell you no on idea. Monday, the 20th, on which direction you should be heading. <laughs> Maybe maybe Tuesday the 21st you have to tell me, but I'm waiting till the very last second before I even plan a route yet. And then it's down so in down in Miami, uh, down in Miami, you guys got to look out for some shit. Uh, you guys, it looks like there might be some tornado warnings. Actually, you're gonna look for some water spouts off of the coast. Got a whole bunch of stuff going from Miami all the way up to uh, Palm City. Palm City, the number 45's uh, uh, favorite place. There you go. Dude. I saw a water spout one time off of Monterey. It was right in between uh, Monterey and, uh, shoot, what's that? Big Sur. Right in between Monterey and Big Sur, I saw a water spout off the coast. I was driving up Highway 1. Coolest looking thing I've ever seen. It was out probably half a mile, three quarters of a mile into the ocean there. It was freaking phenomenal to look at. Never seen a water spout like that before. Yeah, they're cool. It would to not see. be fun to be in it, but it looked cool as hell from the from the safety. No, it'll rip you up. Yeah, it'll rip you up just like a tornado does. It's the same thing. 
Let's go into let's stay in pop culture for a second because we can we yes. can refer, oh, but refer back snow. to uh, there's some snow by the way up in uh, South Dakota. <laughs> there's some, oh you guys God. should be looking for some snow. Oh, it's gonna get chilly too in in Chicago. It's gonna get chilly. Yeah, you know we're looking at you know what is this May what you know and and yeah no it's gonna be cold and, and look for some snow. And you guys too, you should look for some lake effect there in in Pennsylvania, Buffalo, and what it you know where you're at you know, over there in, in uh, the top part of Ohio. So you guys, yeah, I'm a mile and a half from Lake Erie, so we can get it. We're not quite oh, yeah. in the snow belt, but we're just below it. Yep. Yeah, you are. There's a huge like uh, low pressure system that's built over Hudson Bay, which is in Canada, guys. We're still in North America, just so you know. <laughs> Um, but they were in Canada and it directly affects our weather. It's not like, you know, our weather is, is the end all be all. Um, the, so, and it's pulling, it's a huge low pressure system that's literally sitting over Hudson Bay in Canada and has all of this, this, uh, it's drawing off of what is still from what I can tell in El, El Nino that is happening in the Pacific ocean. So it literally draws it right across Panama. And Panama had a yeah. My buddy lives lately. in Edmonton, Canada, and he said it's been miserable there for a week and a half yeah. or so. Yep. Yeah, they're getting all sorts of shit. They're getting blizzards. They're getting rain. They're getting all sorts of shit. So yeah, they had snow a week and a half ago, and they've had rain for the last yep. week. Yep. Yeah, that's what I'm talking Wild about. And it's drawing and it's drawing up across the United States. It's drawing through Mexico and then through the Gulf and which is really warm and filled with oil. Thank you guys. Appreciate that. Thanks for filling our Gulf with oil. We don't even need it. I'm really tired of these people. Um and didn't they get their tax cuts already? Aren't they done? Aren't they done? Are they done? Can he just walk out already? Anyway. Um so uh yeah, uh, it's been drawn out of out of Gulf of Mexico, and it's really warm, and that's what's going to cause the majority of the storms to pop up all along the Mississippi Valley. So, it affects everything yeah, east know. of the Mississippi Valley. All right, well, I want to get the pop to culture the that I interrupted you on, dude. That's right. Yeah, the interesting article about your buddy. Uh, Besides Diana Ross. Oh yeah, his the, mushroom suit. His mushroom suit. Did you hear about that? That's yeah. fun. Yeah, that's kind of the, that's kind of Luke. I, I think that's Luke. I think that's that's what Luke was and is as a human. Um, at least that was my experience of Mr. Perry. And yeah, yeah I don't know how to pronounce easy. the company's name. It spells. C O E I O, Coio. I don't know what. I don't know how right. to pronounce it. Right. I, but the company Coio makes this mushroom suit that's biodegradable. It helps decompose the bodies faster. It's then transformed it into vital nutrients that enrich the Dude, earth. It starts breaking down the body immediately. Life. Yeah. That shit starts breaking down the body immediately. It's mushroom compost, basically, that he has that they designed and they put all around his body that these companies have been making biodegradable products for a long time. Um, there's, you know, there's different types of like mushroom styrofoam even. I mean, it's like there's different packing materials that you can buy that are made out of uh, just like our plastic bottles. We don't need them. We can literally take seaweed and seaweed plasticizes when you heat it up to a certain degree 
So that's what they've done. And then you mold it. And then guess what? You drink out of it. And then guess what? It biodegrades within 60 days. It's gone because it's plant life. No matter where you throw it. You throw it into the ocean, it's gone. You throw it into the landfill, it's gone. So it's gone. And it's because it's plant material. So it's the same thing in this. He, what will happen actually is the majority of the toxins because of the mushrooms, uh, mushrooms do a special thing, and they draw toxins out of material. That's why you'll see them literally growing out of cow shit, or you'll see them literally growing out of, out of shit. Um, they right. are sucking up, sucking up the toxins that are in there, and that's why some of them are, are, are hallucinogenic. Um, and that's why the majority of them are poisonous because that's why they'll kill you um, because they're literally, literally growing out of shit and taking all the toxins out of that shit. I guess this episode will not be sent to our sponsors, seeing as I've said the word shit six times in a row. Um, so, <laughs> um, but, but those toxins are drawn out by the mushrooms. And so what's happening to his body right now underground is those toxins are being drawn out of his body, out of his body. Any toxins that, that Luke had in his body or even in the toxins that are created in the decomposing process, because um, we, you know, we're, we're humans. We got all sorts of shit inside of us that blows up when, sure. when we're dead, when we're, you know, our, our bodies are just like become this massive, uh, I'm going to blow up here, livers blow up, kidneys blow up, like, all, everything blows up. So even your skin, if you just let yourself go, if you don't get, you know, embalmed, you're going to be, you're going to blow up and it just, it's, it gets really disgusting. So there's a lot of toxins that are created there and... Because he got the mushroom suit, he's literally dressed in in a mushroom suit. Um, I, I'd actually like to see. You know, is it is it elegant? Was it designed by like Ralph Lauren? I mean, you know, is it is it a cool suit? I'd, I'd like to know. Or is it just a bunch? I of didn't get to see it. The daughter was just saying that he found it and fell in love with it, and that she right. had a beautiful post on Facebook about or on Instagram about it. And I did right. not get to see it though. But it yeah, I didn't get to see cool. it either. And and I, you know, but. But what's happening to his body currently is that he is being eaten by the mushrooms, and the the mushrooms are taking all those toxins and filtering through themselves. The mushrooms are are a filter, so they're taking all those toxins. So what's actually being released into the ground and are in that area around him is nutrients. It's like right. pure nitrogen. And, you know, I mean, just it's going to be a beautiful area. You plant some flowers right there. You plant a tree, whatever. And plant a forest because right next to them. And, dude, they're, they're fed very well. Whatever it is you plant there is fed very well. And, it, and it's getting rid of, like I said, all the toxins because of the mushrooms, because of the involvement of the mushrooms. Very, very cool. I like that he saw that somewhere and decided he wanted to do it. And the daughter and everything, the family did Last wishes. Yeah, that's that everybody cool. went along with it, you know, and went along with his wishes. That's that's a really cool thing too. It's very respectful. I think that's awesome. Yeah, I liked that story. That was kind of fun. Oh, let's see, what else do we have pop culture wise? Well, here's a little bit of pop culture. It kind of mixes in with the politics. Forty five supposedly said that when if you play for army that um you're sacrificing something. And that he was talking about his football days. There's a guy that avoided Vietnam. I don't have anything else to say. I've got a cousin who's missing in action in Vietnam right now. 
He was in Laos. He Laos. He wasn't even supposed to be in Laos, dude. He's supposed to be in Vietnam. He's missing an accident in Laos. Never came back, and yet we got this this freaking orange supremacist standing up there saying, "Yeah, uh, you sacrifice something if you play football." Okay. Okay. Uh, I did not hear yeah. that part. Yep. Uh, Another one of his rallies. You know, his Nuremberg rallies. I can't wait for the Nuremberg trials. <clears throat> yeah, that's, that's a little... Uh, a little Dude, and by the way, William Barr. Barr, yeah, no, Barr is uh, under contempt of court because he didn't show up last week. Contempt of court. Good, he needs to be. Judiciary committee. He needs to be. Yeah, no, he is. They're, they're already filing it. It's happening currently. Speaking happening of sports ball, which I file anything that's a sport under sports ball... Did you uh, listen to that Kentucky Derby thing yesterday at all? Oh, dude, that, that was crazy. I didn't bet on anything. I should have um, because usually I'll bet 65 a long Sixty-five to one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but there were probably a lot of people betting that. So, you know, it breaks down, and, and it depends. Like, it, it, you know, very few people will win a Superfecta, so it, it, it breaks down that way where a whole bunch of people probably picked him, especially because the number one, was kicked out. The number one was disqualified right before the race. Right, right. So, exactly. yeah. Yeah, first so time in Kentucky the, Derby history that they had a penalty where it disqualified the winner. First time ever. Brought the yep. 65 to 1. 65 to 1 in second place would have been a pretty damn good thing, but um, because this qualification going into first place, uh, the owner says he's not going to put it in the Preakness, which is next week, because why put it? horse back-to-back when you can't win the Triple Crown. So I can kind of see that. And I always thought it was a little cruelty to make these horses work so hard week to week to week from Derby to Preakness to Belmont, whatever it is, the triple. I think that's the triple whammy there. Yeah, I think that's it. But, uh, but yeah, it's kind of a big upset there. And uh, I did not see it. I guess he's going to try to challenge it. You have $48 to challenge a ref's decision. So we'll see uh, right. if anything changes, but I don't think it will. They probably paid out too much money to change it. So I wouldn't think they would change anything, but it was interesting stuff. I almost went to go play poker that day, but I didn't want to be stuck with all the funky hat ladies out there. So I didn't go. Yeah. How'd you do um, after, after we got off the phone on Friday? I did good. I, I was told, I think I was up 600 bucks. Oh, nice. So it was nice. It was a good day. Good day at the races, so to speak, with a little poker, but I enjoyed it. Cool. All right. Well, we're almost at our first break. So what I want to do, we'll finish off pop culture with uh, Adam Sandler's salute to Chris Farley over the last Are you going to play it? Watch that live? I'm going to play, play it. it. Yeah, I've seen it. Um, yeah, it was really sad. I miss Chris Farley as well. I, I, I've been compared to him in Tommy Boy because of the way my, my family situation was as I was growing up. So, um, uh, you know, I, I, I really miss Chris. I really miss him. It was a, it was a nice tribute. It was sad, but it was also very uplifting. I mean, everyone yeah. that knew Chris oh, Farley thought he brought nothing but smiles and sunshine. He wasn't a downer type of personality. He obviously yeah. did a lot of drugs, but uh, he um, was not a, a bad personality whatsoever. And just brought a lot of joy to whatever set he worked on, which is very cool. 
But this is a tribute to. I actually, I actually worked on, and I talk about that in 27, um, 27 and all washed up. I actually worked on uh, his Adam Sandler's album, What the Hell Happened to Me, and I was, uh, was kind of just a PA for him, like I was just kind of a gopher, um, and and but we had a, a lot of conversations about a lot of stuff they they actually wanted me to sit in and listen to it to not that they chose everything that i said was good but the majority of what you know what i reacted to ended up on the album where there was a whole bunch of other stuff that's that's cut from the album from his album what the hell happened to me and adam is a super funny and super nice guy i had nothing but nice fun. Because uh, we later on, because um, uh, my ex-wife was working there and, uh, and working at the studio that he was recording it at, and that's how I actually got the gig. Um, he wasn't recording; they were editing, and because um, they had already recorded the majority of it. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, it's um, uh, he. We ended up hanging out, and he ended up inviting me up to the premiere of Happy Gilmore, and. Um, uh, and me and my ex-wife and, and then, uh, we were invited to a couple of parties and people like, um, uh, uh, Katie Liner, who I went to school with, she's a singer and, uh, an amazing, amazing singer. Um, uh, Katie Liner, look her up. Uh, she's done, she's got a couple of albums and, and she's working with so many people. Um, but she was dating Alan Colbert at the time. And Alan's Adams, you know Alan. Alan's been in a whole bunch of movies with Adam. So, sure. um, mm-hmm. so yeah, we were we and and Katie Liner and I went to school together at the Chicago Academy for the Arts. So we, it's like this really really tiny weird circle, you know, of things that happened right then. Um, and this is like 1990, I don't know, six, right in there. And uh, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. And like I said, Adam's a, a, just a sweetheart then. He wanted to know what happened to my nice. career, and he's he's part of the reason why I wrote Twenty Seven and All Washed Up, um, because he was nice. like, you know, dude, what the hell happened? You were working with NBC, and then you know, what are you doing? <laughs> so, um, you know, it's like he he actually had a bunch of advice for me and stuff. So he's really, really, really cool. Very cool. Nice. Well, he was a great host this past weekend on Saturday Night Live, and let's close the show with his tribute to Chris Farley. So we're going to play it for you on break. Give us a call when we get back. Let us know what you think of the song or anything that's going on in your mind. 347-989-0126. Here's Adam Sandler's tribute to Chris Farley. Listening to Standing My Soapbox right here on Left to Straight Radio Network. First time I saw me was sweeter than honey. Plaid jacket and belt too tight And he wasn't even being funny Then he cartwheeled around the room And slowed ass with a cleaning lady He was a one-man party You know I'm talking about I'm talking about my friend Chris Farley On Saturday night my man Whether 
whether you was a bumblebee girl or living in a van down by the river. He loved the bears and could dance at Chippendales with Swayze. When every place is coffee with Folgers, he went full on crazy. The sexiest cat girl and me loved in the band. Without him, there'd be no lunch lady in lunch lady land. You know I'm thinking about Thinking about my boy Chris Farley. After a show, he'd drink a quarter Jack Daniels and stick the bottle right up his ass. <laughs> but hungover as hell, that Catholic boy always showed up to morning mass. We'd tell them, slow down, you'll end up like pollution candy. Said those guys are my heroes, that's all fine and dandy. I ain't making that stuff up, that's the truth about my boy, Chris Farley. I saw him in the office crying with his headphones on, listening to a Casey and the Sunshine Band song. I said, buddy, how the hell is that making you so sad? Then he laughed and said, just thinking about my dad. The last big hang we had was at Timmy Meadows' wedding party. We laughed all night long, all because of Farley. But a few months later, the party came to an end. We flew out to Madison to bury our friends. Nothing was harder than saying goodbye. Except watching Chris's father have his turn to cry. Hey, buddy, last moved on, but you still bring us so much joy. Make my kids laugh with your YouTube clips, oh, Tommy boy. Then <laughs> when they ask me who's the funniest guy I ever knew, I tell them hands down without a doubt it's you. Yeah, I miss hanging out, watching you try to get laid. But most of all, I miss watching you torture Spade. You're a legend like you wanted, but I still wish you were here with me. And we were getting on a plane to go shoot Grown Up 3. Yeah, life ain't the same without you, boy. And that's what I'm singing about. I'm singing about my boy Chris Farley. And if we make enough noise, maybe he'll hear us. Give it up for the great Chris Farley.
All righty, we are back. You're listening to Standing on My Soapbox. That was Adam Sandler's tribute to Chris Farley. Give us a call. Tell us what you thought or whatever else is on your mind this Monday, 347-989-0126. you got about 20 minutes left to call in. Yeah, that was, a, that was a fun tribute. Like I said, it was touching, but it was also uplifting at the same time. I really enjoyed it on Saturday night. Hey, am I unmuted? Yes, you are. Oh, okay. Wow, dude, I didn't even know. <laughs> I didn't know if I was unmuted or not. Otherwise, I would have been speaking. Yeah, that was a really cool <laughs> tribute to him. Yep. Yeah, it was super cool. Uh, yeah, I, I've been thinking a lot about Chris Farley as well. Um, <clears throat> we don't really have a Chris Farley right now. You know, I mean, in the past, there John Belushi and and John Candy. You know, I mean, got, he even mentioned him in the song just now. Um, right. You know, we've had we've had people like that, and and he, you know, he, he even said in the song, you know, that they should be making them making grown ups three, and it's not, you know, it's not the same without Chris Farley. So we yeah, really you got a little bit of him and Seth Rogen, and that's about it. But there's really not any of those great. Yeah, Seth's a different type of comedian, comedy. and so is so is Jim Belushi. Jim Belushi is a different type of comedian. Um, and, and he's kind of getting too old now. And then what's his face from, uh, uh, King of Queens, the guy that they use, the guy that they use in the end. I don't even know his name and he's a freaking star, huge star. Um, Kevin, Kevin something. uh, Yeah, whatever. Kevin James, maybe. Um, but yeah, I just, you know, I, you know, it's, Chris is missing. That's, you know, and that's Sandler's point right now. So he's, he's really missing some good, uh, Rogan's getting some good play in this new movie with Charlize Theron that came out this past weekend. A little bit of physical comedy with it. Uh, a little bit of romantic comedy in it. And it got some good numbers. I think it got third place overall. So not a huge, but it was pretty good for uh, led by him and Charlize. Who can, who can compete against the Avengers? And by the well, way, as a comic book, $2 billion worldwide, that's a joke, right? I mean, come on. As a comic book producer, I'm kind of mad. It'd be really nice if somebody would just throw me ten grand. I've already put $35,000 into this stupid-ass project as a producer. Daylight sucks. <laughs> and, and, and I'm like, you know, it'd be nice if somebody would throw me just like ten grand. Two billion dollars? And it's all based on comic book stuff. As an co- independent comic book producer, I'm actually mad at Marvel right now. You know, seriously, screw off. Now, do you get all these... You- you had all these um, uh, agreements with all these stars that a lot of these characters are based on. Are those in perpetuity? Yeah, I have do they say, or do those were, or Does the licensing? Yes, I have them. Back? I I have them for for I have uh, twenty two people that are either uh, young actors that have been on TV series in the past um, and. Um, uh, and some young actors that have been in some movies, and then I have uh, some telenovela stars uh, that are um, a part of Daylight Sucks, and they're all signed for. Uh, they all signed a licensing agreement that says that I can draw their image for the comic book. Um, it, if it ever goes to uh, a TV series or if it goes to a movie. Um, then which there, there's multiple companies that are working on that as well. We're signed with a company called scenic rights. 
Um, they are people who pitch different projects and they pitched daylight sucks at con last year. So, uh, you know, it, it, it is uh, available as a project. Um, and you know, we know what we would do. And then those people that we do have signed, um, they can choose at that point, whether or not to be involved in said project. But as far as the, the comic book goes, I, I want them for, I, I've got them, yeah, you know, for the rest of, you know, for however long I'm drawing this stupid ass comic book. Um, nice. you know, it's okay. like, yeah, I, I, you know, I can use their image in, in perpetuity. I can use it and I owe them money once the project starts making some money. So, and yeah, it, gotcha. it, it is up to them. And from what I can tell everybody that we've signed and licensing agreements, um, uh, have they all have ex- expressed interest in being a part of the project if it goes to become a series or become something else? So you know that they they all want to be involved, and these are all professional actors. So of course they want to be involved right. if it goes. You know, and they're not going to necessarily be playing the parts because a lot of them are you know growing quick. So you know they're, they're just growing up. People like Jackie Crazy, she's she's like you know she's 16 now, and we had her set up in the comic book and in Daylight Sucks as like a 12 year old or an 11 year old, and and it's just not it's just not going to work. So because of how she's grown, so and there's multiple characters like that, and we're just going to have to shift it around and be like, okay, well you're better for this character now, and or. We write something. Right, unfortunately, the vampires I, don't I age, right? <laughs> they don't and, age well, no, they do. No, 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 no. Vampires absolutely age. They absolutely age. Most of the time, they stay exactly where they were transformed, where they were turned into a vampire, uh, most of the time. But they absolutely do age. Uh, Ava, the lead vampire, who is the images, uh, uh, I've got Katie Barberi on a licensing agreement and my fiance. Um, uh, she is Ava and Ava was born a vampire. So of course they age and, and there's a certain way that they age and I'm not going to let that go. So, um, we've, you know, we've broken a lot of this down to science and down to fact, or at least as close to fact as we can possibly get because even science is flawed by pi. So, um, you know, we, we, you know, have, have gotten as close as we can. Too, breaking it down and, and getting rid of the or debunking the uh, myths when it comes to vampires. Gotcha. Very yeah. cool. I, I like it. Yeah. Why did I start talking about that? Because I asked you about the license agreement on it. I wanted to know. Yeah. I was yeah, curious. No. no, it was more about that the billionaires, I mean, that they made $2 billion over there off of comic books. And making it into a movie, and it pisses us off 2. that we're, you know. billion dollars. Are you kidding me, dude? Just seriously, throw me ten grand. Just, it, it, I'd be happy with ten grand right now for 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 something in daylight sucks. What? Two point two billion dollars? That's a joke, man. That's a joke. Why they need that much money? <laughs> I, uh, it's not them doing it. The people are going to pay the ticket prices. I yeah, don't do a... it anymore. I paid don't for matinee $11 or something. I, I don't go on, go, go, on, that go, to, go on to Amazon or go on to Google Play and pick a uh, Daylight Sucks for $2.50 already. What the hell? You guys are going and giving Marvel, you're giving them all this money when, you know, what the, you know, I don't think they need any more money. 
a lot of these guys, you know, especially a, a huge corporation like that, oh, man, they're just raking it in and not giving it back to the artists. Well, so. it's Disney, though. Disney needs to pay for all the money that it spent buying the entire rest of the world. So Disney needs the money now because they own well, Marvel actually, now. no. What's her face? The, the granddaughter, Walt's granddaughter, and I'm sure she's a shareholder. Um, she bears a family name. Uh, she said that she is taking the bonuses away. We talked about that last week, that her proposal is take the bonuses from all of the executives at Disney and spread it out over the, I forgot what they have, 250,000 employees or something stupid. So, you know, spread it out over that so that the employees at least get to have some quality of life off of their work. Right. Yeah, since Disney now owns half the entertainment business, pretty much. Yeah, no shit. And they own a lot of it. There's an echo. Yeah, it's okay. Why are we echoing? I think it's because I'm at work, so it jumps around a bit. Hey, we have a new uh, Seven to the Line Royal Baby, too. I guess that's pop culture. Yes, Yes, there is a baby. And it's a boy. Bouncing baby boy. That reminds me of that the Geico commercial that my friend um, starred in, the one where he's like, call and collect, and he's like, uh, yeah, it's Mr. Add a Baby, It's a Boy. So it reminds <laughs> yeah, I love me, that one. <laughs> reminds me, yeah. No, that's one of my favorite commercials, and, and that guy's super I cool. I used to play poker with him. Yeah, the guy nice. that stars in there. Meghan Markle uh, delivered this morning at 5.26 a.m., local time to England there. Baby weighed seven pounds, three ounces, so right there in the medium. Megan's mother was there, Daria Ragland. Um, they had it at home at Frogmore Cottage. The palace said in the birth announcement, the baby will be seventh in line to the throne and is Queen Elizabeth II's eighth great-grandchild. Wow. Yep. Now, my mom has a theory. Baby. Yeah. I don't know if it's true or not Because a lot of people are upset that they're Your mom's coming home. up with a conspiracy theory? My mom's coming up with a conspiracy theory Which she rarely does <laughs> About but, um, the royal baby Okay, I About hear it. the royal baby uh, It's just because my mom watches way too much TV And has too much time on her hands but Anyway, right. Mama Linda has That's decided okay. Because there's a big controversy going on Because they had the baby at home and they weren't going to do the presentation of the press afterwards from the hospital like all the royals usually do when they walk out from the hospital with the baby in their arms. Right. And they're right. doing it from, and they're not at the, so my mom's big conspiracy theory is because Meghan Markle is half black, they don't know how tan the baby's going to be, so they're afraid to do it to the public till they see it come out. So, which is, sounds as racist as hell. If you know my mom, she's not. But that's her big conspiracy theory. Wow. Wow. I know, isn't that wild? The conspiracy is that the baby's black. Okay. That's awesome. The baby could be, which is why they're doing it, because she is half black. Oh. That's a big conspiracy theory, why they're not doing it, which is... Why they're not showing the baby in public yet. In her body. Just to hear her say that was kind of jaw-dropping to begin with, but then she does a little giggle afterwards. And 80 years old, and I thought it was pretty funny. But yeah, that's... Uh, that was it. Very, I thought it was pretty funny. But I mean, Harry is like be... white as Casper the Ghost, so it'd be kind of hard yeah. to see what happens. Yeah, no, that would definitely be interesting. 
if the oh, royal baby was black. Yeah, no, that would definitely be interesting. And, and absolutely, it should be an absolutely beautiful baby. So why aren't we? Oh, right, exactly. Regardless. Yeah, it's I mean, going to be a quarter you know, block no matter what. The combination what. of them. People, and the race is yeah. going to be gorgeous with, with yeah. the English bone structure. Yeah, and regardless. background, it's going to yep. be a beautiful boy. Yep. That's for sure. So why why do we not get to see? I mean, regardless, who cares? You know, seriously, who cares? And, you know what? The yeah, loyal bloodline is tarnished. Give me a break. So, you know, it's like, no, that's, that's the, the sense of way it is. Dude, it's, it's, that's the royalty in the United States. Seriously, how many how many black people are named Jefferson? How many black people are named Washington? Dude, how many black people are named Adams? It's, these were all slave owners. So it's and they were the royalty in our in the United States at the time. These are our founding fathers. fathers. Exactly. I'm not being racist. I'm just being this is that's exactly the way it is. So you know that's and that's exactly what happens. So what is the what's the difference if there is any you know any African American or African um, uh, uh, bloodline in royalty? It just shouldn't matter. There's it's been that way before. So and right, yeah, right. That, it's probably an absolutely beautiful baby regardless. No, I can't wait to see it because you're right. I think it has uh, amazing pedigree there that it's going to be a gorgeous yep. baby no matter what happens. Well, we talked about pop culture the whole show. I guess we should get into two news items before we go. We only have about nine minutes left here or a little less than that. Um, Got to talk about that Russian plane that went down yesterday. It's up to 40 people killed now. The cop fired, landing on the runway. They said, yeah, at first they said that it that nobody died. And then and I was like, there's right. no way that nobody died on that shit. So, Just look um, at the video. There's no way. That thing was like a fireball in the back. It was engulfed, yeah. Dude, I, you know, these pilots really got to learn how to crash. I, you know, that's part of the game. It really is part of flying. You got to learn how to crash. I mean, amazing. So, and not kill anybody. Yeah, 33 passengers and four crew did escape, so that's a miracle in and of itself. Yeah, Wait a minute. How did four, four crew escape? How did four crew four escape? Crew. They're supposed to help other people out. Uh, well, they wait till the last minute or they bail first? Well, you got to figure probably three of them were in the front. This all happened in the back. It blew up in the back. So you got to figure right. the pilot, co-pilot, and navigator were three of the four, and maybe one flight attendant was up in the front strapped in, or they're probably the four that survived if you had to make a guesstimate on it. But it's going to be interesting to see here. Are you there? And then we had another we had another plane in Florida that went off the runway and, and went into the uh, Jacksonville River, I think. I'm not sure what river, right, what river yeah. it went into, but it slid off the runway in a thunderstorm, and uh, and it chose the wrong runway. The pilot chose so part of its pilot error. Um, they changed the runway. I heard, right I heard the they changed runways at the last minute or something. So yeah. Yep. They lost like about, I think it was something like 1,200 feet, 800 feet of runway they lost because yeah, of obviously. The yeah, obviously. Yeah, obviously. But nobody was nobody was killed in that. Uh, yeah, because obviously he could not slow the plane down enough in order to get it for, to stop it from going into the river. Um, right. Why they put why they put a river at the end or a canal at the end of a runway? I'm not too sure about. I don't understand Dude, that I really. Dude, I'm so um, scared to find the, the design is airport where you basically land on the damn. Yeah, because you're on the water. I don't understand that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I hate yeah, it's weird. In San Francisco. 
there's it it's crazy. weird. Some airports, some airports are like that. Hey, dude, flying into like Honolulu, freaking crazy, dude, because you're literally right. like landing on a reef. <laughs> exactly. You're, you're landing on a reef on the edge of you know Oahu, and it's just. Well, it's Burbank crazy. Airport, I mean, uh, the way Maui. the winds come whipping down the mountains from Burbank, you basically have to take off into the mountain and do like a ninety degree climb before you turn anywhere going out of Burbank. That's another one I hate. I can tell you about that. Oh, dude, no, no. Landing in Burbank is one of the scariest things ever, dude, because you just drop out over those over those foothills. You just drop in, and you have to land. And it's like, yeah, dude, I've landed in Burbank a number of times, and it's not fun. The takeoffs are always fun because you got to hit, you know, a super steep incline to get the hell out of there. So that's always fun. Right. I love when, when pilots are like, let's get the hell out of here. And and they literally just like rocket to you know to like thirty thousand feet before leveling. Have you ever off. gone out of John so, Wayne 20, in Orange County? Yes. Yeah, you County. go right out over the ocean. Well, it's not same with LAX. Though, but Orange County is all the snooty people, right? And so right. you have to you have to go straight. They have a noise ordinance. Orange County the is all airport. the snooty people. You have to go straight up and cut <laughs> the engines over about a certain part. And then start the engines again so they don't hit the noise violation. How much yeah, it's up is nuts. that? Yeah, it's freaking oh, nuts. Crazy. Wow. All right. Hey, have you seen where the stock market's at yet? Has it gone back uh, no, up at I, all? No, I, I, no. No, I, I, I wouldn't expect well, we'll it. Finish up. To we only have about two minutes left here. Three anything. minutes left. Um, Numbnuts 45 up, today. No, I have not heard anything. Yeah. What happened? Well, Numnuts 45 decided to double the tariffs on China, and uh, by the yeah, end of the by Friday, he says he's going to implement this. So China's walked out of the talks, and so the Dow dropped 450 points right before I left the house this morning. So I don't know if it's rallied back or not. Yeah, no, it probably won't. People are realizing that he's a liar and that there is obstruction of justice. So when the people realize that, they usually get pissed off, and they usually react. And I think that's what we're seeing. And it'll be a slow reaction. So this will be a trickle down of impeachment. Is what it'll well, be. I mean, for I those doubt, that want 45 in office, I mean, come on, just this weekend 30, alone we 30, had – We had North Korea launch – It's the same dumbass 28% from before. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. We had nuclear we- or not nuclear weapons. We had yeah, he was launching. He was launching. Korea, and we had <laughs> he's doing live fire. Go to hell. In the middle of uh, he's doing live fire in the middle of like he's testing live missiles to see how far he can get. Right is what he's doing with his full military and ready to go. And and then he is also in the middle of one of the biggest droughts that North Korea has ever seen. And he's got a number of people just freaking dying off because they can't eat and they can't they can't live. It's too hot. And he's not doing anything about that. Not doing one thing about all those people. But he is gearing up for some type of war. While in the middle That's of the drought. Hey, Tim, you know what? I, I'm I'm I, I don't care if you're a dictator or not. Um I've got floodwater relocation program that I'd like to implement in North Korea, Korea. I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit where where it goes because somebody will figure it out and somebody will use it and those people will survive. That's how this is going to work. Yeah, it's, water. Uh, water is going to be it, man. 
it's still a crazy, wacky world. I mean, we had some great numbers in the economy last week, but the world in general is still wacky, and our guy doesn't know what the hell to do about it. So, uh, oh, it's always been crazy it's world. It's going to be interesting. But these are his buddies, China and North Korea, and and then we're sending what we're sending out a new aircraft carrier because Iran's supposed to be up to something as well. Uh, that went out today. That we're sending a new aircraft carrier out towards Iran because supposedly they have something up their sleeves, according to our president. Uh, so we I, have China. We have favorite favorite. Why didn't he just needed to keep the sanctions? Dude, he's causing all of this shit. Can, can, can you just walk away? Can you just walk away? That's why we put sanctions on them in the first place. He always it's, needs to have a strong man to fight up. against. And so right now he's got to fight against that. So he has to have very, he has a, very proactive in all his fighting, that's for sure. All right, well, that's all the fun stuff we got to end on. We should have ended on pop culture, I guess, but exciting <laughs> stuff going on. <laughs> oh, shit. Good funny. show today, though. We're going to be back all week, guys. Give us a call anytime from 1 to 2 Pacific time. Good show all the way, uh, all the way, way to the last Eastern minute. Time. All the way to the last Give minute. And then, you know, like the last minute, you guys sucked. <laughs> I know, exactly. <laughs> there was like dead air for like 10 seconds easy. <laughs> How do we go from mushroom suits to North Korea launching a military attack? Oh, no, that's perfect. Yeah, no, no that's perfect. Only I'm standing that's on the Absolutely perfect. That's our show. Yeah. <laughs> All right, my friend. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Thanks for being being with me. Call in, everybody, 347-989-0126 tomorrow. We'll see you later. Bye-bye. Peace.
Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Left of Strange Show with your host, Scott Fullerton, as we discuss everything under the rainbow sun, from LGBT issues to foodies, entertainment to books. Join us as we talk to some of the most interesting leaders and celebrity LGBT guests and allies on the internet. So grab a cocktail, it's always happy hour somewhere, and enjoy the show. Now, here's your host, Scott Fullerton. Well, howdy, 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 everybody. Welcome to the Last Straight Show. I am your host, Scott Fullerton. We are broadcasting from the beautiful Indulge Resort in downtown Palm Springs. Actually, it's a little south, but hey, we have a full house, as you've heard during the opening there. We're going to have some fun today, boys and girls. Thanks for tuning in. Let's start by giving a big shout-out to the Indulge In Here Resort in Palm Springs. Thank you to John and Sandy, the owners. Of course, Raymond's been an excellent host as manager of the hotel here. We are enjoying our stay immensely. We are six out of eight shows. I only have two shows. Oh, my God. Well, yes. But, hey, I am very excited to be here today. It's been a great time. I want to give a big shout-out to a lot of the sponsors that made this possible. The Escape Room Palm Springs has been such a good host. We've had a couple of games out there. True FM Media back in Ohio is always uh, taking care of us and showing us out there. We are new home to Left of Straight Radio when I come back home in September. Of course, Tony Guadagnino does all of our shout-outs on social media out of beautiful New York City. Thank you to Tony Guad. CBT Candle, Yoga Works. We have Sebastian Reitz right here in Palm Desert. Those amazing facials. We are bringing mom to one next week. Um, that's going to be fun. Of course, T-Shirt Mania for all the T-shirts during the show. And we have had some most amazing restaurants while we're out here, catering each of our lovely shows here. Uh, 849's been out, Just Tapas, Salads in a Jar, Ruby's Diner, Lulu's, Thai Smile, and today we have Sherman Deli, guys. Uh, you're going to see all the pictures on Instagram a little later on. Fantastic story. Been around forever. Uh, Sherman Harris moved to Palm Springs. In 1953, within 25 years, I built an empire of five restaurants and delis in the area, including doing the catering and restaurant at the top of the Palm Springs Aerial Tramway. Celebrities that have frequented restaurants include Frank Sinatra, Red Skelton, Jaja Gabor, Bob Hope, Rita Hayworth, and who else? Rosalind Russell. Rosalind Russell. Yep. Amazing stuff. The food is huge. Um, You're just waiting to see the carrot cake and the eclair. We're going to have on social media in a little bit. He received a star on the Palm Springs Walk of Fame on his 75th birthday and unfortunately passed away from it in 2084 from Alzheimer's. But the family is carrying on his rich tradition of giving back to the community for which he earned that star for. And right now, his uh, son Sam is taking care of the Palm Springs Deli, and his daughter Janet is taking care of the Palm Desert Deli. So, Thank you for this wonderful food today. We have so much great stuff. 
couple more restaurants coming in next week. I am very excited about that. Of course, if you missed yesterday's show, and why would you, damn it, get on there to Blog Talk Radio, to iTunes, to Spreaker, so many places you can find us. We had the amazing Emerson Collins and Blake MacGyver and Craig Ramsey and Brandon Liberati and Ron DeHart, president of Palm Springs Pride. Looking forward to that. Of course, Alexander is one of the hosts of Palm Springs Pride. This uh, year. The host, hello. The host. <laughs> So we're going to have a lot of fun with that. On today's show, of course, we do have Alexander Rodriguez, Fernando Rivera, yeah. Michael Ferreira, and in place of the Nolan Robert, we have a pinch hit from the fantastic Nicholas Stone, local here on Promo Homo TV. I love the title, by the way, Promo Homo. Thank you. I'm all about it. It's amazing. You've been doing such great work. We're going to talk about it in a bit. I love your Outfest uh, gig. So many great videos coming out of that. We'll talk about all of that in just a little bit. But we're going to have a fun show today, guys. Welcome to Palm Springs, those that don't live here. How are you Ooh. doing today? Doing great. It's so hot, and I'm just not talking about my outfit. Okay. Well, you're, so the 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 one you're the one who's wearing a Jacket no. and tie in 110 degree weather. Branding, sweetie, branding. Yes. I told Alexander because we're not going to film it because I was not sure we were going to film it or not. So we're not filming it. Come relax. We're all kind of comfortable and very calm in a blue. Not not a white blazer, but a black blazer. Like my phone. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and my dating life. Mm. Oh. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Oh, really? What? You're not. Too far behind these <laughs> Next week, guys, we have final two shows here. We're going to be bringing Ronnie Kroll, Eddie Lobo, Caden Asher, Billy Cliff, David Milburn, Jasper Cole, Michael Vaccaro, and David Cruz. Tomorrow, boys and girls, I'm leaving for Vegas. Five days, Woo. four nights in Vegas. We're meeting up with our good buddy in the show, Randy Salacek. Oh, I love Randy. With a lot of fun and excitement out there. Of course, Randy's husband, Michael is the manager of Olivia Newton-John and produces Chippendale. So I'm taking my 80-year-old mother to Chippendale. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's going to be kind of fun. Perez Hilton is the guest MC this month. I talked to him last uh, week right before I came here. He's going to be there. His mom and my mom like to gamble. We may never see them again. I may need to hitchhike back to Ohio. I'm not sure. Your mom has good, uh, good luck at gambling, though. She does have some good luck at gambling. Mom had a, a couple of nice jackpots. Yep. I can't complain about her luck, that is for sure. And, guys, we just found out next year we're being invited back to indulge for the month of June. Ooh. So. Oh, it's much cooler then. Thank you. <laughs> but i got to tell you, I've been living in that pool from about 10, 10 o'clock till midnight, 1 a.m., and it's an exciting <laughs> I love that pool at 1 a.m. It's a hole in one. It's clothing it's, it's optional, but it's not that type of clothing optional. It can be, but it's not. It's a different type of clothing also. It's either there or it's not. Like half a speedo. It's a speedo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's jump right into it, guys. Our guests today are a fantastic, eclectic group of people. We're going to be talking to them individually about some of the projects they have, and then we'll do some little group chat here on things that are happening in the news. Um, Fernando Rivera, you've seen in some of your favorite television shows, movies, and commercials. He's a first-time author with his new book out, The After Living, which I absolutely love. It combines some of his favorite things, vampires, his faith, and his culture. 
It's a first in a series of books he's creating called His Blood and Silver Series. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for driving down. Well, thank you for having me. It's fun. Uh, it's been fun so far. It's going to be fun. Alexander Rodriguez, of course, a great friend of the show since we started out three years ago. He has been uh, presenting and entertaining since he was a mere child. Yesterday, sweetie. Five, five <laughs> short days ago. Of course, his amazing voice and acting abilities. He's been seen on stages across America. Not all in acting gigs. But I think I said it's a cross-dresser. I was like, what? Who <laughs> laughed? His successful radio show on the rock is every Tuesday on the glamorous Sunset Gower Studios on Union Radio Network. And here's a brand new series, guys. It's the very first LGBT programming on a major Latin network. Glitter Bomb premieres next month. Woo! Keep uh, calling Glitter Bomb. Going to see him on TV. Can the ego get any bigger? We're not sure. Tune in. It's a pleasure to be here. It is uh, probably fairly dark in the room, and Alexander has not left a shade since I saw him at breakfast this morning. Honey, I have Louis Vuittons under my eyes. <laughs> no way I'm bringing those babies up. He always brings this. Accompanied by Michael Day, he brought his good friend Michael Ferrer, who's been on the show in the past. Great outspoken advocate for our LGBT community. He's a nonprofit guru working with such causes as LifeWorks. Foundation for National AIDS Memorial. Of course, he worked, he's one with Up With People. Hofstra University, we have so many great friends at Hofstra. Yeah. So uh, thanks for being on the show, Michael. Good to see you at Hofstra. Welcome, welcome. And then finally, we have Mr. Nicholas Snow. Like I said, the creator, founder of Promo Homo TV, based right out of here in Palm Springs, but getting all over the place. I love his stuff out in Outfest. He's a multimedia entertainment activist, opening uh, opening of the gay media since 1984, been open and out in gay media, which is amazing. Uh, he has had a seven-year run on the 1990s in an L.A.-based TV show called Tinseltown's Queer, and he's currently, as we said, the founder of Promoho TV. Nicholas, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Thank you. It's great to be here, and I'm fans of everybody in the room from what I've known about them. And now, you are streaming live on your channel. Tell everyone where they can find you. Okay, so we're simulcasting right now on my public Facebook page under Nicholas Snow. So if you would go there on your phones to the public page right now, you can share it to any of the pages that you want. And ultimately, this will be embedded into the website, promohomo.tv. Amazing. And, I love uh, a good embed. My, uh, he says he likes a good embed. So, um, my Facebook live broadcast in the recent 12 month period had a quarter million views. I reached people in 50 countries. And among my top five cities consistently are, are Palm Springs, LA, New York, and Bangkok. Because mm. I actually lived in Thailand for five and a half years, <laughs> working as a foreign correspondent. So I have a, bi a big following there that follows me still. You got the premiere scoop with the Gloria Esteban the other day, too, which I thought was amazing. That was some good timing. You have, you're very smart in your location there. Well, that was interesting. So what he's referencing, guys, is that I, um, a long time ago I wrote a column called Notes from Hollywood that was a website and a multimedia brand, and I decided to resurrect it as a program on Promo Homo TV. And I premiered it at the opening night of On Your Feet at the Pantages. Great show. And... Um, there, I knew I was going to that late, so I actually didn't have a place on the red carpet as media. So I made a decision that I would just broadcast the excitement around the red carpet and then go into the theater. Well, as I'm going into the theater, I stayed live because I wanted people to 
to see the elegant excitement of the Pantages Theater lobby, and um, I heard this bustle, and I turn around, and this giant guy is um, escorting Gloria Estefan through, and I was already live, so I just pointed the camera at her, and I walked with her, and I asked her a couple of questions, and I couldn't have planned it. So it was, it was a uh, scoop. It was awesome. very enjoyable. Awesome. What's up? A couple of questions in your video. Do you, um, <coughs> Fernando, I loved your book. Thank you. Um, I told you off screen earlier, uh, Fernando's done so many great guest appearances and commercials. And things. He has a commercial going for McDonald's right now, which is like, I don't know, shown 8,000 times a day in Ohio TV. I think we love our college people in Ohio. Oh, it's the scholarship but, one. The yeah. Scholarship yeah. One. We're actually super blessed because we just got notified that we're extended for another year. Oh, my so God. Extended until Can I get a loan? Year. <laughs> you, I, Not I, so love you. I love you in that commercial. Thanks. It, I mean, it, it was cool because we actually um, we're actually good friends. Uh, um, Kenny, who is the the kid in the commercial, I play opposite, um, and us, Joe Coffee, we actually all got coffee the other day um, just to kind of you know congratulate each other and just celebrate. And uh, yeah, it's really fun because it's it's been the longest running one that I've had um, since being out here. I've had four McDonald's Nationals, um, and this one has been extended, so that's really awesome, and they're a great... Um, I'm hitting a chord in Ohio, my friend. I see it yeah. in Columbus, I see it in Youngstown, I see it in Cleveland, it's yeah. like everywhere there. It's funny, it's McDonald's, and please, he didn't even McDonald's. Uh, are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to talk about that. You're it. like, I'll let me have salad. We're not going to talk about that. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, and it's, it's like I said, it's been huge just because, you know, it, I've done a lot of, you know, appearances on some TV shows and some other commercials, but this one commercial has garnered me the most exposure the entire time that I've been out in Los Angeles, so it's pretty, it's pretty spectacular how something can come That's from something crazy. that you just, it's just crazy how things know. happen, things you don't expect. Yeah, you do not expect you, it at all. You want that commercial to frankly spin off into its own series. I mean, I, <laughs> you know, we could have like you know a rom-com situation where you know with we, you and the boy, with Kenny. Oh yeah, he's great. He's oh. hilarious. Well, <laughs> there's just so many characters that could intersect in, a, in, a, in, a, in an environment like that. And what's powerful for me about the commercial is that the, as, the aspirations and dreams of, of and, and collective support of those dreams, it's sort of like a microcosm of what you want the world to be wrapped up in a McDonald's commercial. Well, the, the agency has a lot to do with it. It's the Alma agency out of uh, Miami. And so my first McDonald's commercial that I did, um, I was – like a high school kid sitting on the on the back of a pickup tailgate with a dad and grandpa. And the second one I did was not this agency. Um, the, the three of them have been with the same agency, with the Alma agency. The second one was not. It was like a college-type scenario. Um, and the third one, I became a manager at McDonald's, um, and I had a name and everything. And then this fourth one, they were like, well, he was a manager in the last one, so let's keep him the manager in this one. And they kept the same name. And so they kind of, like, created a little – like there a little story along there. So I was like, okay, like let's you know, let's let's that do uh, another one with you know the same thing. But you know, Fernando, I have to ask, did they tailor that uniform shirt? Because when you walk in, those managers, that shirt is no, not tailored. Let me like tell you, you were they they picked the baggiest. Um, co- it was either that or have a jacket on, but they didn't think me to be right for me to have a jacket. Your on. Your baggie yeah. is my swim fit. <laughs> well, um, um, yeah, it's, it's a very it's a very crisp boxy shirt, which you know, happy to fit very well. So I'm I'm appreciative of that. Mm-hmm. I did notice that, I must say. Yeah, I'm like, there's no chicken nuggets there. Well, um, thank you. All right, and let's talk about being a first-time author. Congratulations to you. You have this great first book, The Afterlife. I loved it. 
Talk about your inspiration for it um, and give everyone a little taste of what it's what about. The afterliving. Yeah. Well, uh, do you want the like the professional or like the personal? It was very different. The ten seconds. The ten seconds. We're <laughs> having fun with I want the personal. I want. I want to know. Well, the personal is you know I love vampire fiction, right? Um, I mean I love Twilight. I love the first Twilight movie. You know um, I like reading the book, and I love Vampire Diaries things like that. But what always got me is that whenever you watch those shows, it's always you know some kind of a dilemma like oh like it's always a love story is should I be a vampire or not? Cause my boyfriend is or my girlfriend is, but I'm not. And in my head, being raised Catholic, I thought, well, if I were going to be a vampire, my thought would be, am I going to go to hell? Because that's what we're taught, you know, good and bad, yada, yada. And so I just thought, well, what if you could have your cake and eat it too? Like, what if they weren't mutually exclusive? And so I kind of thought, well, what if, you know, vampirism wasn't a bad thing? And then just getting into the Bible and the literal translation of, you know, eat my flesh and drink my blood and you'll have eternal life. That's like the definition of a vampire. I was like, oh, Jesus was a vampire. Done. And so that's kind of how... (laughs) the you know the book came to be in terms of like the inspiration for having that kind of a storyline because when you read it it's not like good and evil it's more just oh this is a you know a path and there are a lot of other paths that other characters and creatures have taken in the book that all have some kind of a you know religious um background that's what i wanted to do kind of just interweave you know that faith and fun don't have to be mutually exclusive things they can be the same thing and pretty terrifying too and I love that you're, you can tell you have an actor background in it because the characters are very well thought out and the dialogue is very, it, you get you get the backstory. You've included backstory with it. You've included shadowing. You've got everything you see in a film, you can almost see it being filmed as you read it, which is one of the best parts about books because you create your own story yeah. in your mind and you lay out the characters so well. It's a lot of fun. And it was supposed to be a movie, which is probably why it reads like that. Cause my background initially with writing and entertainment was screenwriting. So it's, you know, it kind of, I wanted this to be a movie with, you know, act one, act two, act three, with 40 scenes and no cards, and I just was writing too much, and I thought, well, I guess, you know, scene one is now chapter one, and so that's kind of how, or why it plots out or reads like that, because that was what I wanted to do in, initially, but I just, clearly I talked too much, so I couldn't <laughs> fit it into that little small thing. Stop. <laughs> Stop. I'm actually working on the musical version. The first song is, uh-huh. Jesus was a vampire. Yeah. <laughs> My, My jokes are always flatter than, well, than your it's hair. A tough crowd. Have you had any kind of blowback from religious communities for it? Is there no, I can't. I'm I'm waiting for it. I want to get the blowback, and then I want to stop, <laughs> and then I want to tweet it, and then I want to create more controversy to have more people actually read the book because conflict is cash. Contra- I mean, let's be honest. Our good friend Sam Zimmerman in his new play. He's Soaking that controversy for everything it's worth. He's doing a uh, diary of Anne Frank, but doing it from a ice standpoint, kind of doing it with Mexicans up in the attic. Latinos, they're not just all Mexicans, they're Guatemalans. There you go. And he's garnered a lot of controversy and it's given some great press, CNN and everything else. All right, let's move on a little bit. We'll come back a bit. Alexander Rodriguez. Since your humble beginning, <laughs> you are now a humble television star. Why are you saying that? I have no ego. I was born like this. <laughs> no. Talk about this. Let's give everyone a little background about On the Rocks, you know, where you came from, and talk about this great new experience. Thank you. Uh, on the Rocks is, is my baby. I've been on the air. It's on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify. Uh, we literally drink with celebrities, celebrities from Broadway, movies, TV, uh, every aspect of entertainment, reality show people, 
and we just sit and we talk about things that you never hear them talk about. I don't ask the same boring questions. Uh, we talk about who they really are, and after a few, you know, vodkas, they really get loose lips, and, and you get to see if my stars. questions were boring, just so I knew real quick. I mean, okay, go ahead. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> um, so on the rocks, uh, I have been asked to be part of Glitter Bomb, uh, which is a new national TV talk show, uh, first ever Latin-based LGBT programming. We're gonna be in 13 million homes, um, and so I'm one of. Uh, I'm I like share. I'm one of two. Uh, I'm one of two other hosts, um, which is funny to share the spotlight. But uh, and we're doing the same kind of thing. You know, it's LGBT because we're hosts, but it's not rah rah LGBT. It's inclusive, which is what entertainment should be. Will you know? Spanish language? Uh, there's some Spanish speaking in it, just briefly, um, because what we've learned from research is Latin homes in America they are speaking English, um, uh, and so the show is totally inclusive. In terms of, we do segments where we talk about life, and we have everybody on, gay, straight, in between. Can you tease us a little bit of the Spanish language part? Okay, so I'm a Twinkie. I'm white on the inside and brown on the outside. Like, I cannot speak Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, but that's also part of being Latin in America, you know? I would love to learn more about my Latin roots, and doing the show has really helped me do that. Uh, understand the Latin culture, understand the Latin audience, understand uh, Latin production. Well, your free perspective is so great because you have, you're the most funniest person I know off the cuff, and you've been doing Thank this you. so long, talking to people, but you have Patrick Gomez, who's been interviewing for People Magazine Entertainment Weekly forever, so he's used to doing the interview aspect, Enrique Pena as the, an actor in soaps, of all things. In reality TV. Soaps, in reality TV. Girl, he brings so that reality TV drama to the show. It's a great interaction of co-hosts. Um, I'm looking forward to the bee costume, I have to admit. Uh, I don't know what that's about. It looks kind of funny. Well, there's a segment called Crafty B, and Crafty B is no crafty bitch, but uh, the story is I don't know that, so I show up in a B costume. And the costume has become now part of the show. While the other guys get to wear Kenneth Cole and Calvin Klein, I'm in a B costume. But that's like a throwback to the other, like, the other like, yes. show. Okay, okay, yeah, I was like that. Okay, yeah, there's a reason why. I'm but I come out, I'm like, I'm a B, but, like, like, anyway. It's been a lot of fun. All right, well, a little bit later, we're going to uh, try to play a promo to it, uh, the audio for uh, Glitter Bomb here. Mike Herrera, welcome to the show. You have been involved with some heavy-duty fundraising in the LGBT community, and that's one of my big questions for, for later on here is how are we doing this in the age of 45, and that's a whole story in and of itself. But talk about, I mean, LifeWorks, we were talking at breakfast this morning, started from such a nothing thing and growing as much as it can. Talk about that first, and let's go through some of your iterations of who you work with. Yeah, it's, it's kind of hard to realize that. Or it's interesting to, to remember that only like 13 years ago when, um, when my co-founder and I started LifeWorks, that mentoring gay youth in the United States was, you know, larger organizations wouldn't do it because it was such a risk. Um, because, you know, society was looking for evidence that they gay people only want to be with kids to have sex with them. Um, so mentoring would be like some, you know, something lurid or something like, you know, abusive. And, uh, and we really, um, because we wanted to start a mentoring program within a large organization, kept being told no, um, we just decided to do it on our own. So really trying to scrape together the money to do a, you know, a brand new nonprofit is tough, um, especially when you're in a place like Los Angeles where there's a lot of nonprofits, a lot of people competing for money, a lot of nonprofits come in from other places to raise money in Los Angeles, even if they're not based there. 
Um, but we basically, you know, I'm very proud of the fact that we made it, made uh, LGBT youth mentoring um, safe, you know, because we proved by taking that so-called risk um, that, you know, that, you know, mentoring is mentoring. You know, it doesn't matter whether you're a gay adult, a gay kid, a straight, whatever. Um, people need that, you know, people need um, older people in their lives that have more experience than them, um, you know, helping them along and figuring it out, and especially LGBT youth because, you know, they grow up without role models in their home um, for the most part. And, you know, there's in the media, there haven't been a lot of role models traditionally and so forth. So um, it was also an accident of timing because we started life works on the cusp of all of our civil rights you know, movement uh, moving forward so quickly. And, uh, and now it still exists, you know, 13 years later at the, the Los Angeles LGBT Center. It happens to be the largest LGBT organization in the world. Um, and so, and it's flourishing. And so probably, you know, 10,000 kids have gone through LifeWorks doors over the last 15 years. That's great. And your background works so well with the talk about your education. Could you work with psycho psychology or is it? Uh, yeah, I have a master's in clinical psych. So, you know, and my, my um, concentration was in child and adolescent development. So I really, I walked out of school and started an internship with the only LGBT foster care agency in the country at the time. And, uh, and so I was working with uh, gay kids and, and lesbians and transgender kids um, 16, 17 years ago, well, actually more than that, 20 years ago. So again, I got, I got to learn um, the, about those kids from them um, before other people were really having conversations with those kids. And then you went on and you raised hundreds of thousands of dollars for a National AIDS Memorial. That's kind of exciting stuff. Um, what was your goals going into that? And actually, I'm just going to do one little correction. They're calling, we're calling it a monument because, um, because AIDS is still oh, present. And right. you know, that's the only reason. We talked about that in the previous show when I That's okay. There. That's okay. I don't expect everyone to remember. It's my job to crack that, right? So, yeah, we've raised um, the organization, which I've, I've left now. Um, really, the fundraising is just about over for the, for the monument itself. The fundraising is going to continue to do programming and, and so forth to fund that in the future. Um, but we raised collectively as an organization over $4 million. Um, it's a world-class art project um, uh, created by a man named Daniel Tobin, who's an Australian guy, um, has done a lot of uh, urban art for Shanghai and, and other cities like that, um, including Australian cities. And uh, it's going to be in West Hollywood Park, in the heart of West Hollywood. It's a, an amazing site. Um, it's in the design district of West Hollywood, um, so the Pacific Design Center, this beautiful buildings across the street. It's part of this park that's in the middle of a $100 million redesign. Um, beautiful urban park that's going to feature this uh, monument that can teach, you know, new, new generations about what happened and really allow people to, you know, to have a cathartic experience, um, the people that have gone through that horrible time and lost so many people. And it's just going to, it's, it's going to be beautiful. It's not going to be something that's dark and, and dreary. It's going to be something that um, we can celebrate ourselves because really, you know, look at what the LGBT community did on its own, pretty much, with, with key allies uh, to take on the powers that be. And, and uh, now we're on the cusp of being able to end uh, HIV transmission. We can end an HIV transmission. Mm -hmm. We just have to solve the problem of drugs being too expensive. Right. So, yeah, so it's an exciting time in that way, too. I feel like so fortunate in my life that I've sort of been um, very timely, you know, with my with the jobs I've taken on. Well, you've given everyone that so you start these great projects and you hand them off in such great shape. That's got to feel pretty fulfilling. Yeah. And then another thing I love is you're my go-to Broadway person. Now it's the end of my old-time Hollywood, but uh -huh. I'm a Broadway person. No, you're just a Broadway. You're not old-time. Broadway, Broadway. Broadway. Yeah, old-time Broadway. 
go to Broadway like quite regularly, you see some of my favorite shows. Talk about what's been on your hit parade the last just year. Yeah, well, this year, really, I was the biggest surprise was Mean Girls for me, because I really didn't think Mean Girls was going to be, I mean, everybody loves the movie. I, I thought it you was it. time for, yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <you're not>. um, <laughs> Yeah, Jenna, you, uh, Swift, yeah, Jenna, uh, Swift. Uh, Swift. Jenna Swift. Thank you, Jenna. I'm so sorry. I'll talk to you. 
this is Sunrise Apartments, which is their housing complex. And this is where our story has some similarities. It was the second year back from Thailand that I created a show on the Blog Talk Radio Network. I knew about Blog Talk Radio because I had been invited to be a guest on several times, several times because of my activism. Right. So I did that show for four years, had a, a collective audience of about two million people during that time. And about two years ago, uh, con uh, combined with the White Party, um, Facebook enabled uh, live video for the Android phone because I was behind the times and didn't have an iPhone. Had an Android phone. I was credentialed uh, for the White Party, and I thought, well, let me just do video instead. And so uh, I didn't just—I just wasn't one of those guys with the camera turning on the video. I actually always went online in the persona of a journalist doing actual reports as I am trying to do. And within a few days, I had thousands of views. And I decided, well, actually, more like 10,000 10, or more views in a very short period of time. A couple of months later, I was thinking about how when I was the Tinseltown Queer in LA, people would refer to me as LA's primo promo homo on the go-go. So I thought, oh, I'm going to brand all this as Promo Homo TV, because PromoHomo.tv can be a lifelong umbrella brand for everything that I do. Um, and uh, so it's existed now for about two and a half years in the Palm Springs market. But even though I'm based here, I program for a worldwide audience. And I'm now developing PromoHomo.tv as a network with multiple shows, which is why I ended up being in LA in June uh, in July, because I resurrected Notes from Hollywood as a new show on Promo Homo TV, which is where all those live broadcasts were, uh, uh, happened around Outcast. I'm rebranding my Palm Springs Focus content to a show called Hot in PSP. Um, I'm digitizing my historic archives of, uh, of public access uh, content into the program Tinseltown Square on the website. Um, I'm developing a show that will look at the world of 12-step recovery and spirituality, the way they, they intersect, um, or spiritual journeys that may not have to do with recovery. That show is called Higher Power. And um, I have another show that's in development that I'm not spilling the beans yet. You should borrow Alexander's sunglasses. You are too cool for school all of a sudden. Goodness. Or if you need somebody for your, for your first recovery episode. <laughs> my way, intervention is going to be a musical. Just oh. so you know, Pendle Pong going to show up. It's going to be amazing. And, and by the way, Alex says he's the host for Palm Springs Pride. Well, I guess I'm one of the other hosts for Palm Springs Pride. I don't have a capital TAC in front of my name. But <laughs> on Saturday. Sorry, can you put the shade down? <laughs> No, on Saturday, well, he, he's the primetime host and has been for years and well-deserved. But Saturday, we're kind of combining. We didn't know that. I, I knew a little bit about it. But Saturday, Saturday during the main stage, the museum stage of Palm Springs Pride, which will be in the new downtown area, um, I'll be the afternoon, one of the afternoon hosts for this five-hour stint. And then that night, when Alex takes over as the, uh, the, the host of the main stage, I will be backstage with a Promo Homo TV set, most likely in the green room, and then I will be interviewing people who uh, are taking the stage that night. And the next morning for the third year in a row, Promo Homo TV is the official broadcaster of the Palm Springs Pride Parade. And last year, surprisingly, I'm almost afraid to say this because I really don't know how I'm going to replicate it, 
But during the live broadcast on Facebook, before that episode ended, I had had over 5,000 live views. Congratulations. That's fantastic. Girl, I can't wait for the behind-the-scenes backstage. You know how it gets backstage. Yeah, I am was. so glad that I had Ron on yesterday instead of today he'd be refereeing you guys. And we have Craig Ramsey and Brandon Liberati doing the Trina Turk party the night before, so they'll be in the mix. So. Oh, I'm also doing the pre-Pride uh, pool party with them uh, at Zozo. Hotel Zozo. Hotel Zozo. We're doing an uh, impromptu Andrew Christian uh, swimwear fashion show. I will not be wearing the outfits, okay? Everybody calm down. Are we going to be in a bow tie at the pool? Oh, honey, a tuxedo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's going to be dressed as a bee. All right, well, this is a good time for a break. We have Christina with us in the studios live over in Northeast Ohio. Uh, Christina, why don't you go ahead and cue a song break up for us. Guys, we are talking with uh, Michael Ferreira, Alexander Rodriguez, Fernando Rivera, and Nicholas Snow right here on Blog Talk Radio, the Love of Straight Show live from beautiful downtown Palm Springs at the Indulge Resort. Woo-woo! Yeah. And I will wrap my broadcast with that. Um, I'll stick around, of course. But I want to thank all of you for being on the show. Baby, baby, 
All righty, we are back. Welcome to the Left of Straight Show. I am your host, Scott Fullerton. I am sitting today in beautiful downtown Palm Springs with the lovely Nicholas Snow from Probahomo TV. We have Fernando Rivera, actor and author extraordinaire, Alexander Rodriguez, who has no introduction because he'll do his own for you, and Michael Ferreira, <laughs> the fantastic guru of, uh, of uh, nonprofits and our go-to guy for Broadway. We're going to open it up and have some fun while we're here in Palm Springs, do some open questions. First, let's talk about Palm Springs in general. Nicholas kind of shared his reason for coming here, but what have you fallen in love with with the city? What really kind of uh, makes you say? You don't find a bigger-hearted, philanthropic community here where philanthropy is one of people's primary um, activities. Um, you would think that I'm referring to specifically the, the donation of money, but the, the, the ethic around volunteerism is very high, and also um, the people who give uh, give generously from sometimes very little. So, uh, and even like brand new businesses that might be struggling are still going to be very generous in the way that they give to and support the community. I also appreciate the fact that around that philanthropy, there are people that come together to be of service who uh, are on opposite ends of political spectrum. So um, you could have some of the most conservative and liberal people politically sharing a table at the Steve Chase Humanitarian Awards benefiting Desert AIDS Project, for example. Very nice. I also just need to tribute uh, Trumpet Desert AIDS Project again. Desert AIDS Project is one of the preeminent HIV AIDS service organizations in the world. And the CEO, David Brinkman, was invited to the White House twice during the Obama administration, once as part of a World AIDS Day celebration, but the second time to share best practices around um, the the, the, the defeat of AIDS. And earlier on the, the panel, we were talking about how the end of uh, HIV and AIDS is on the horizon. Well, one of the huge projects that was championed not only by Desert AIDS Project, by, but by around 80 community organizations was the creation of the Get Tested Coachella Valley campaign. Because about four years ago when that launched, we were learning that um, uh, U equals U, undetectable equals untransmittable. We were learning about PrEP and PEP and all of these uh, ways of scientifically defeating the epidemic. So Get Tested Coachella Valley has now ended as a standalone project and it is now one of the broader programs within DAP. But that's another thing that I just want to celebrate. And I'll, I'll add that I love that we are a truth destination and that there are always people from all walks of life coming to this great place. And we're going to have a representative of the Desert Age Group on next Monday. And I, that's one of the things I was I knew this was a very strong LGBT community here in Palm Springs. But when I was doing my research and looking for people to talk to here, there's a gay rodeo association. There's gay men's chorus. There's an amazing AIDS group. There's so many different diverse things. We have all the Bear council community people. community very big out here, too. Uh, it's just, it's just crazy. Yeah, the bear. He said the bear community. Yeah, the bear, bears are huge. Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm just 
but we have stayed uh, consistently busy during the summers, uh, especially on weekend nights, but we've had surprisingly surprising traffic for our brunches. And a lot of the restaurants, by the way, in town um, will, will debut a fantastic menu during Palm Springs, Greater Palm Springs Restaurant Week. And then what will happen is they'll convert those menus to summer menus. So, okay, okay. so like all summer long uh, at, at 849, not on Fridays and Saturdays, we have three courses for $29. Uh, Spencer's does a similar uh, menu. Uh, all, almost all the restaurants are doing these fantastic uh, um, menus for, for locals and for summer visitors. I have to tell you, for 849, we've been having our little lunch beforehand, and usually I bring the leftovers, the happy day, the happy hour here at the resort. Bring leftovers here. 849 came and they brought lobster rolls, and I swear it looks like cake. We didn't get lobster rolls? Lobster rolls. There was a whole platter of them, and I had two left to bring to happy hour. Then they brought this fresh augie mix with the rice. I don't know what that That was a poke bowl. The poke poke bowl. That was all gone, but maybe two spoonfuls. I mean, they were devouring. That's to say, also, they do a street fair. Is it on Tuesdays? Every Thursday night, year round, without fail. It does start an hour later in the hot months, but they close down blocks of Palm Canyon Drive, basically for people that know the landmarks, um, from the, the uh, Palm Spring Hyatt uh, all the way down to Baristo. That entire uh, main street and some of the side streets um, are booths for the street fair. And uh, the, the primary, uh, one of the primary um, requirements to be in the street the street fair, the straight fair. Nothing <laughs> straight about it. Um, the street fair is that uh, it has to have a strong local connection. Uh, okay, being the fat boy that I am on my wanders through there, what's the ice cream parlor with the guy with the beret, but it's all Hawaiian on the inside? Like Le Perret? That's my hotel room at room 38. <laughs> I, we went there the other day, and they had this fantastic pineapple gelato with a key lime ice. Yeah, it was the best inventions and in I'm sorry to know the name of it. Um, I can't remember it. I feel bad I'm not promoting it. It's called the Play of the Play. It's some Le Play, something. It's a French name with a guy with a bray on, but it's all the line. <laughs> Next to the place where you scrub your hands up, they scrub your hands in the bowl. I don't know. Which is kind of hard. Thanks, Foley. Let's go. All world. My favorite frequent visitor at conference, or when you come, what do you like to do? Um, <laughs> most of the time, what I really like about Palm Springs is, is uh, the heat feels therapeutic to me. So I like to come down and really relax and you know lie by a pool and you know and just spend the time with a hot and yeah. Wait, do you, you have know, central they, air? <laughs> yes. Yeah, okay, well, we can switch pool. apartments. I mean, heat can be. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's fun to go out here. Um, I think it's it's a different vibe, you know, way different vibe from. LA, so it's nice to get, you know, to get out of the city and kind of so be close. relaxed and have people be a little bit more open. Um, you know, because in LA, people tend to like go with their group of friends to a place and it's hard to sort of like mix with other groups of friends. And here, it just seems like people are. Yeah, you've you know, been much mixing with a lot of different people, haven't you? One of the things, one of the things that I also <laughs> really uh, respect and appreciate. <laughs> one of the things I really respect and appreciate about the uh, desert is the deep uh, historic uh, indigenous culture. And I frankly personally love it that the, um, the tribes are in charge of what happens. I totally believe in the sovereign nations. 
and I love it that they are thriving here in the desert and that we do work harmoniously uh, with the tribes. But um, when I see um, people that have been oppressed in the past thrive and rise and triumph, I love it. That's fantastic. Now, I saw this on the other day, too, because you see a lot of patchwork empty spaces, and that's Indian land. There, you have to, they either have to develop it or you have to do something. Is that true? Well, a lot of, uh, a lot of the undeveloped land is tribal land, and there are a lot of that land is specifically being developed. Um, in downtown Palm Springs, there's going to be like a, a multiple blocks that will be redeveloped. They're in process now. So the, the Agua Caliente Cultural Center is fully uh, in development right now. Um, there is going to be a, a high-rise hotel casino that's similar in height, I understand, to the Agua Caliente Casino uh, wow. down by the freeway. Your um, mom will be happy for that. Yeah, so there's a massive amount of redevelopment happening in that area, but also um, uh, m many high-end housing developments are going in. Projects that have been stalled uh, are no longer stalled. And then uh, we have the downtown renaissance that has been executed quite successfully. And uh, I think it's important to, say, to remind people that Palm Springs Pride is one of the few 100% free Pride festivals that exist. Yeah, the time of it's so important. Yeah. It's some of the best MCs you've ever seen. And, uh, uh, they, uh, to, to, uh, yes, of course. <laughs> so, um, the, uh, Ron DeHart, by the way. I don't think many DeHart. people could make uh, Nicholas speeches, but I don't know. Um, is it, is it Ron DeHart? And I thought I was a promo on that. Uh, isn't Ron DeHart fantastic, though? Oh, he's so fun. Yeah, he's, he's, so, he's the um, epitome of pride. He's like, yes, gay pride, whatever, but he's so low-key. He's so... Uh, it's great to have on your show. Yeah, he's fantastic. And it's, it's, it's pspride.org. It's an amazing organization. Let's go ahead. I, to, I try to keep away from politics. I go a little more than Alexander does in the show. But because of such breaking news right now during the show, over here, everyone knows I'm a political junkie. Standing on my soapbox, my political show will be starting up next month. Again, so I can rant rave. Let the Straight Show is entertaining and humorous. PG-13. Starting next month, we bring Standing on my soapbox, which is Mother, son of a gun, what's going on in politics right now? But we are, but big breaking news, and Michael Pereira is my go-to man on, his, on the phone today. We have a lot of breaking news happening in the Manafort trial, uh, happening with uh, the president's lawyer, Michael Cohen. Uh, talk a little bit about what you've seen, Michael, and then we'll all talk about it. Just before we started the show today, they announced on television that uh, Paul Manafort was found guilty of on eight of 18 counts. And so that's quite significant. And uh, and they were waiting for Michael Cohen to come into court, and he's supposedly going to do a plea deal where he'll get jail time for uh, for campaign uh, fraud. So and that includes the that involves the president. So uh, it looks like things are getting closer. CNN is reporting uh, officially that Paul Manafort is found guilty on eight counts, and uh, the lead paragraph. Uh, attributed to CNN says, um, President Donald Trump's former campaign chairman, Paul Manafort, 
has been found guilty on eight counts of financial crimes, a major victory for special counsel Robert Mueller, but jurors were unable to reach a verdict on 10 charges, and Judge T.S. Ellis declared a mistrial on those counts, and that's done from CNN. Which means today. it can be retried, which is a good thing, yeah. too, yeah. Well, the reason I'm asking, we talked a little bit on the show the other day, I want to get your opinion on it. Just the way this administration, we talk about moving forward and moving backward and pomp and rights and pride and things like that. I saw in um, the advertising out of L.A., Wesley Woods, been a good friend on your show, been on my show, was attacked in West Hollywood. Is a Geiger was had a problem in West Hollywood. Miss Cracker was in Dublin, Ireland and got kind of mugged over there while she was in drag and everything. It seems the culture is just changing so much in such a short time in these two years. Is there safe bastions of LGBT? Is Palm Springs a safe bastion that we think it is? Is West Hollywood still a safe bastion? And what do we need to do to preserve this? I, I think we can't, we have to be a little politically active now because I think we're starting to lose some of those rights we've afforded. It, you know, here's the thing is like, it takes so slow for us to move forward, but it's so quick to bring us back. Uh, we've already gone back with LGBT rights in the workplace, uh, adopting children. Uh, even West Hollywood is not safe anymore because we're now in this environment. It's like gays are bad again. It took us so long to get here. Um, protests do not work. And I'm the first one. I don't get political, but protests just don't work. I'm sorry. It's great to see everybody unite with their signs and all that, but it does not work. The people that are protesting are not voting, and that is the biggest issue right now. I have to strongly disagree with respect. Bring it, girl. Okay. So we have the Affordable Care Act today because of the resistance, the persistence, and protest that, that, that burst out for months and months and months. One of the reactions to Donald Trump has been the, the resistance, and there are huge electoral uh, uh, victories that can be tied to those protests. There are many people that are engaged in the political process as candidates or voters that have never been engaged before. I have to uh, defer to you, though, to acknowledge that a lot of people who simply protest are um, not exercising their most powerful tool, which is to vote. So protests by themselves do not work. But um, it isn't just the LGBT community that's under attack. What we have had going on now for several years is we have had the people at the highest levels of our country who are supposed to be setting examples use language like it's okay to call Mexicans uh, uh, um, murderers and rapists. It's okay to malign women. It's okay to grab pussies. It's okay to... Um, just be as morally reprehensible as you want to be. So we've had the leadership of our country uh, um, setting, setting these examples, and we have um, uh, a lot of other le elected leaders that you would expect to speak out against it that are uh, condoning it with their silence. Um, and we have basically white supremacists, in many ways, running our government which creates this really terrible context of hate. And I, I, and I think on that point that what's, what's really important for people to remember is that our whole culture is not changing. What's changing is, is that 28% uh, or whatever that number is of the country that, you know, three years ago and before, there was a lid on all of this stuff. You know, like that 
some people complain that Democrats are too PC or whatever, but the thing is, is that, you know, the culture was saying this is not appropriate. And then Trump comes in and his people come in and, and this, they just, they took the lid off of what was there. It doesn't go away. I mean, like, because we got marriage legalized doesn't mean that, that people, anti-gay people went away. That's a really it good just, point. It just went out of, you know, it just wasn't acceptable. And now, now that's been unleashed, and I think that's really sad, and I think it'll go back again. Um, but I think, you, you know, you made a good point. I, I actually, in February of last year, right after the election, uh, myself and, and Abby Lanz, who was the former mayor of Hollywood, uh, started a resistance group called Roar. And it's been an, such an inspiring personal uh, experience because we've been going out and canvassing. We've been, instead of yelling at our televisions, we've been activating people on a monthly basis. And that's what you need to do. And and we've marched in the pro we've marched in the protests. And what the protests do, what the marches do, is it shows you how many people around you feel the same way you do. And there's such energy. I've never seen such energy, except for really the the the, the most probably the most uh, energetic LGBT protests, because you know we're fighting for our civil rights, which should be the most important thing on every American's mind and heart uh, all the time. Um, other than those, the women's march. Um, all of, just all the opportunities to get together with fellow, fellow Americans and just shout out, you know, we will not make, we will not allow this to go much further. And and I think that's going to be successful. I think in the end, I mean, I tend to be a very optimistic, idealistic person anyway. But I think in the end, the beauty is, is that we're we're seeing our institutions in this country tested like they've never been tested before in our history, and um, they're holding up. I mean, look at the people around the president right now. That are being held accountable. They're going to jail. They're being indicted, um, and you know, and and now we need to follow through, and we need to get off our asses, and we need to get into the voting booths in November, and we need to get the checks and balances back so that those institutions can be protected and the damage can be, you know, limited. Right. And certainly, is back to Palm Springs Pride. That is <laughs> the theme in the Grand Marshal this year is youth empowerment. I love and that they're not picking a celebrity this year to bring this back to the people, which back to the youth. Because of things that are happening in Parkland, things like this, all these kids are really taking the lead. And I agree. I see very much both sides because last year, uh, oh, 2016 now, we opened our house up to phone banks for Hillary. And the thing that's frustrating, you see, I think the protesting brings the awareness for it. But the people that are doing the protesting, you say, need to do stuff. Because I have these super active activists for Hillary, arranging all these phone banks, everything, and the guy that was running it was great. But they gave us a phone list to call of 800 people, and maybe 76 to 150 were valid numbers. In Ohio, swing state, it's important. The lists are not kept up. I, my people are the people who go out and register the voters and go out and say, protest good, it brings the awareness to it. I think we need the on-the-ground activists to go out there and do the petition because I was mortified how bad Ohio's ground game was. Well, there's also very overt voter suppression going on yeah. and all sorts of things. So we have so many fights on so many levels. I'd like to share a tweet from a friend of mine. His name is Ryan Knight. Um, he uh, is at Proud Resistor on social platforms. Um, he tweeted something that has had 13,000 likes, 5,000 retweets. He says, when a political party takes over all three branches of government and starts saying things like truth isn't truth, 
Uh. It means we're already living in George Orwell's novel, 1984. And to your point, and if we don't get out and vote, then we may end up in Margaret Atwood's novel, The Handmaid's Tale. I was right about to say. We're more, we're more along the lines of The Handmaid's Tale. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and there was, a, speaking of voter suppression, there was something in the news the other day. There's a, I don't remember, Georgia, Tennessee, one of our lovely southern states. They have one county that they're closing seven of the nine precincts. And it's the most African-American county there happens to be. Just trying to stop people from voting, and it's just a horrible thing. And we, we really, I mean, one thing that, that drives me crazy is people saying, oh, the political parties are exactly the same. Well, no, they absolutely are not. There's one political party that actively every day um, works in the interests of wealthy people and against the interests of most of their voters. They are openly, you know, it's okay to be a Republican and be racist and be all the ifs and be homophobic and they're given permission to do it. They're actively involved as a party in being suppressing the votes, as you said, but also gerrymandering districts, which is far worse than Democrats do. And we need to point that out and say, and it's a party that's shrinking, which is actually well, the trouble really is they're so good at them. Democrats suck in getting the, the we will play derby pool. And yeah, but you know, that's a narrative too that I think that we as Demo if we're Democrats or we're progressives, we need to fight that narrative too because what Democrats are good at is running government. And and the Democrat Democrats have to say it again. We don't we suck at doing bad things. That's what we suck at. We suck at marketing to, to make people believe that we're working for them when we're not. We we know how to pass good policy. We know how we're the we're the geek squad of government. And now we have another political party that all it does is talk about how much they hate government and government should go away and everybody's a crook and because that works in their best interest. And I think um I think back to the, the I, I didn't know that youth the youth empowerment was going to be such a strong part of Palm Springs Pride this year. You know, every major civil rights movement in the history of the world has been led by high school and college students. Every successful one. It starts with the high school and college students. That's how Martin Luther King was was uh, successful. You know, it's how all the all those movements have happened. And to see these Parkland kids stepping up, um, and to see us recognize the fact that we need to activate the youth, um, that's really positive. So it's going to do it. The one of the most inspiring, moving events that I have attended most recently, but compared to the events I've attended throughout my decades of history in this movement, is the annual Harvey Milk Diversity Breakfast that yeah. happens here in Palm Springs. It started as a smaller event, but now it takes place in the Palm Springs Convention Center. It brings out about 1,200 people. The, uh, the GSA students from throughout the Coachella Valley are invited. They are hosted. Generally, like around 250 students are there. They have their own private meeting before the breakfast with the activists that are being uh, um, acknowledged. So this year they had a private one-on-one session with uh, uh, Cleve Jones. Um, uh, one year it was Dolores Huerta, and um, the uh, the um, heads of the GSAs at the at the high schools. Um, are all there, and then they give an award uh, to one of them. And um, it's just an extraordinary, extraordinary event. Everybody cries every year, and it's all it's all focused and built around empowering our youth. It's great. Let's tiptoe from politics into <laughs> the maybe politically incorrect. Um, Alexander Shoshai, I'll see if he'll help me out with this or not. We're talking about Scarlett Johansson lately in Disney's Jungle Book. Do you have a segment on your show that would 
be perfect for this segment. Talk to me, Alexander. So every week we open the show by dropping the bomb, right? And so we talk about hot topics, what's happening, and we have, you know, it's the three hosts. We have such different uh, opinions. So the biggest hot topic, of course, is does gay and trans have to play gay and trans? And like you said, Scarlett Johansson was going to be in uh, Rub and Tug, which is a story of a transgender mafia boss. Um, female to male, and she was going to play him at the latter part of his uh, career, whatever. So, so much hate that she was playing trans, um, and she addressed, she's like, I'm an actress. That's what I do is act. So, she dropped out of the film, and now the film's not being made. So, congratulations. We've shown A-list Hollywood that we are not inclusive, we're exclusive, we lost the opportunity to tell a transgender story because we're so hooked up on casting. I believe, and so this is what we do on the show, is like, what am I going to do? Yeah, we're, we're, we're the counter, guys. Yeah. I agree. Trans should be given uh, opportunity. Gay people should be given opportunity. But it's called acting. It's Hollywood. The best actor should be cast. And if you're an investor in a film, you're going to invest in a film that has some star power, because if Scarlett Johansson was in that film, it would be up for the Oscars, which means all the mainstream would have known about the film and seen the film. Now, nobody's going to see it, uh, because we're too hooked up on labels right now. We are so diversified in our own community. We're fighting this social and political climate. We're forgetting to unify ourselves. And and it upsets me so much. So, Jungle Cruise, uh, Disney cast a straight white male as this gay character who's so over the top, and so the gay community is like, oh my god, that's not what gay is. The same people that are upset about that list Birdcage as their favorite film. Is there some counterpoint here? <laughs> well, I was getting ready for counterpoint. Fernando was jumping out of the seat first. We'll go to Fernando first. Well, for one, Birdcage was made in a totally different era when it was acceptable and not acceptable to be gay in Hollywood. No matter what time. The people are saying, I love Birdcage. It's such a great film. Robin Williams is so
sorry, which is filled with extraordinary, extraordinary stories. And maybe our friend Alex doesn't uh, revel in the, the acting, but when you look at the significant uh, value of art and its ability to change the world, I would take the real-life transgender people that have been given that opportunity to grow and express as artists over someone that was not trans that might be a better actor. Now, I would agree that some of the acting on the show isn't isn't very strong. Thank you for acknowledging that. I would, is so uh, afraid no, to say the acting is I, not the best. I would, agree, I would agree that some of the acting on Pose isn't very strong, but I also think that it works because these people, all bad. these people in their lives have to be portraying. Oh. Uh, they have to invent themselves as characters. So there's there's something that can work about the the less strong acting. But I will have to say that I think that some of the acting in that show is as good as you're going to find anywhere, and that acting is being done by trans actors. Can I take a little five line on Pose? I'll let you jump in Alexander one second. Pose two. You have to put a little bit of it on the writing because I was really slow entry into Pose. First three or four episodes didn't have me so bad acting or bad writing. What was it? When it got to the really good part of the last couple episodes, was good acting, good writing, everything, and boom, boom, boom. So was it bad acting or was it bad writing in the beginning? But counterpoint, go ahead. So, Nicholas, so Scarlett Johansson's out. Uh, give me three trans A-list actors that you would fill that role. I don't think you need an A-list actor. Investors are not going to come. The distributors are not going to come. Nobody's going to see the film, and I'm sorry, but that's the truth. But it's canceled. What's the ethnicity of the character? I'm curious. White. She's like, okay. Yeah. I actually don't think that you guys are sort of... I think I could bring some this together a little bit. This is what Michael... One other thing, and then... Sure. Okay, so... You're saying, oh, give them a chance. Do you want your surgeon who's going to do your brain surgery? If they're not the best at their job, oh, give them a chance. So I think I think, I think the um, I think the issue it's the job the issue that's going on here is that you know the people that are screaming about Charles Johansson getting getting cast in that role are screaming because there's not a lot of opportunities out there for trans and LGBT actors or LGBT actors. So. You have a show like Pose that doesn't need to garner as big an audience to make to be successful and beyond. Now you have a platform for those folks to act, just like um, Transparent is a great vehicle for people to act. I just, I sort of agree. I mean, being somebody who, you know, and you can see the other side too because you're a good friend of Scott Pernascopo. He's a good actor and everything, and he does. So that. he just got cast playing uh, uh, a romantic lead. Has nothing to do with being trans. He's playing the the role and that's, without. And that's another, that's another part of that point is is that why do we wish twenty? Why are we fighting for transgender actors to play transgender parts? They should transgender actors should be playing all parts. Like they should be the auditioning and casting should be open up so that the opportunities are broad, not so that they can just be in this one place. And 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 I do agree with Alexander the fact that I wanted to see that movie get made. And that movie, a movie in this day and age especially that can't open on the first weekend, is is dead. And so nobody's going to see it. It's not going to be important. The well, story's it's all about not the money, though, right? I mean, it's all about the money. So I, I, don't, I actually don't, I'm actually not arguing your point, against your point. I, I think in a, in a perfect world, um, there's space for all independent films to 
we can, then they don't get any of the ancillary uh, showings either. They don't wind up in hotels and on airplanes and on the table channels. They can't they work. Them well. They should be given the audition opportunity, and that's what we should be focusing on. Not the actual casting, but the audition opportunity. And if they audition and they're not the best, then they're not the best. Well, I and think that's, that's, that's part of the controversy, that this went direct to casting a big star. And if there was no uh, audition process that's money. that examined the broader community. And uh, so she didn't have to quit. She could have kept. She could have stayed in we the role. We eviscerated her because she was taking that yeah, role. She, she has treated the LGBT community with such love in her whole career, and we we eviscerated her. We attacked her for taking the role that she was hired to do. I did not attack her, and I don't think that anybody that attacked her personally was coming from the right place. Uh, I but do, it happened. However, so of course she's out. I do, however, agree with the protest against that casting in a way that was not open to other people. And I do understand the value of attaching a star to a project for commercial reasons to get it made. I completely understand that across the board. However, I think that if a story is profound enough and the filmmakers are committed enough, they're going to make their project, period. That's so optimistic. If you were a producer, you would not think that. I do produce things at different times, and I, and I do think that now, and if I change my mind in the future, I'll let you know. Well, well, what, about, what about Crazy Rich Asians? That was a movie That's that... That's another controversy. But No, but that was a movie that had zero star power because there were, quote-unquote, no famous Asian actors. Michelle Yeoh was in it. Forever. She's a huge star. But that's not what that's not what everything's been reported. It's not. There's no like bankable Asian actors. They were gonna cast um, Constance Wu as a white girl because that would make it more like, oh, this is more America because we have somebody bankable that we can cast in that role. But and they turned down studios. They turned down producers until you know um, was uh, 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 what's his actually uh, what's his uh, direction name. Um, well, you know, it is the exception that proves the rule. I mean, like, yeah. what you're saying. Let's finish on the positive. We do have three. I just have one joke. Entertainment professionals. The joke is that Scarlett Johansson is going to play Aretha Franklin in her biopic. <laughs> 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 I'll, I'll give you that one. <laughs> let's, let's finish on a high note, though, because we have now, like I said, the first LGBT show on Latin TV. Latin, we yeah. have an actor that doesn't seem to matter your orientation. I'm sure you I'd like to know what your interpretation of it even matters if you even talk about it going into audition. And we have someone that's trailblazed it and has been able to create your own uh, platform out of it. So what do you think the state of LGBT in general entertainment is right now? Are we seeing the progress we'd like to see? You know, it's funny that entertainment is now taking a strong voice, such as Will and Grace is, is coming back. And there's so many LGBT characters, and we talk about this on Glitter Bomb, in Latin telenovelas, we know telenovelas are machismo, 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 but we're seeing LGBT characters in that. Entertainment is becoming such a voice for LGBT against this social and political climate right now, which is great. But entertainment has always uh, spoken against what's happening from Cradle Will Rock when that you know, came out. Um, so I'm really proud of what we're doing, whether it be a flamboyant character, whether it be a straight person playing gay, we're now having a voice and now we're now being included in stories. And how does it even go into your acting influence? I mean, you don't seek out gay parts, you don't seek out straight parts, you just go out for an acting part. I mean, I just, 
to make myself available. I would love to play, like, you know, a mainstream you know, gay part. And actually, my pilot season consisted of a majority of gay roles because I went in for um, uh, Will and Grace is a character uh, up there right now um, who plays Jack's fiance, right? And I was one of the top three people that was in front of execs that was auditioning for Are that role. I didn't know that. Yeah, and Brian, Brian Jordan Alvarez, that's who got it. Um, you know, and... The, and Brian, myself, and Ryan were three people who went up and were up for that role, and it was, you know, it was very exciting to to audition for um, for the character. And at first, we got the sides. It was the same day audition, and we had like very heightened character. And the execs were telling us, okay, bring it down, like you know, make it more grounded, whatever. Um, and because of that, with you know, the casting director, I was brought in on some of her other projects, all as gay characters, which I loved and I was very happy for. But they were very heightened, you know, flamboyant. Um, at least at the audition, it seemed like a very like heightened uh, TV type of gay personality, which is really, really fun. But for me, when I try to do that, I feel like I'm putting on airs. No, I'm not putting on airs, but like speaking it up too much. He's and not that, that flamboyant. And that guy. made fact, me very... On the radio show, so many viewers were like, is he gay? Is he straight? Like, I got so many emails because you're not the gay. And, and, yeah. and, that, and that made me very uncomfortable in the sense that it's like, well, I feel like I'm doing the community a disservice putting on a character, because I have friends all over the spectrum, and we all have an amazing time, but we're not the same, you know, out, out and about personality. Um, so I really just go up to a role, and it's like, this is kind of who I am. I have a very, you know, fun, flamboyant side. I have a, a quiet side. Where's the fun part? Well, you... <laughs> we, have gone out, we have gone out to West Hollywood, and here's him. Hey, what up? What up? What up? <laughs> I'm like, hey, girl! You're operating on, like, a level... That, Eleven. Miss Pamplonian is all like, the way. With cranberry. That's his. Yeah, but talk about because you're live TV a lot. Yeah. We plan our people so they kind of know what they're getting into. You talk to people of all of talk about how you feel LGBTs being accepted in live TV, especially. Well, let me just back up a little bit. Um, when I, I mentioned how I was influenced in the '80s by the death of people that I loved, I learned from that the importance of expressing truth into darkness. One of the lessons I got out of ACT UP is silence does equal death and action does equal life. A key message of my public access TV show for seven years in the 90s was express the truth of your life to the people whom you influence. And one of the key points I would make all the time, and this was before Ellen came out and before Rosie came out, I would say, I respect everybody's right to come out if, when, and how they choose. But the reality is, if someone with this sort of following comes out of the closet, their career might dry, might dry up and it might change. But they will have put the expression of their truth and the value of that at the top. And out of that, conversations will exist, at least internally, um, among millions and millions and millions of people. And the process of individuals expressing their truth is fundamentally what brings about change. So I've been pursuing uh, entertainment-related professions for a long time, including acting. But I made it a point that I was going to be out about everything at all times consistently, regardless of the personal cost and sacrifice. So while some, while some people are looking for causes to support their career, I have always tried to build careers around my cause. So fundamentally, I feel like um, I have a joyful, important life. 
that makes a difference, and my goal is to inspire that in others. But fundamentally, regardless of our sexual orientation or backgrounds or differences, I like people to connect to the importance of who they are, where they are in the world, to give themselves validity to accept and pursue and honor their own dreams despite the forces around them that might be opposed to them. That is a great note to end on, my friend. Thank you for sharing that. Nicholas, where can they find you on your social media, please? Uh, at Promohomo TV on Twitter and Instagram, and promohomo.tv is the website. Uh, search Facebook for in the pages for Nicholas Snow. Look for the blue check mark, which means that I'm verified. Fernando Rivera, where can they find you on social? Where can they find this book? They have to read. Uh, yes, at Rivera Fernando C on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, for the book, right now it is because I'm on the radio show uh, with I'm gonna say with with Alexander, with Scott, and with Left the Straight Radio. Um, uh, the book is uh, for free on Amazon right now for today and tomorrow. Um, so you can download it for free on your Kindle. It's called The After Living. And um, for those who may not be familiar, it's based on the idea that Jesus Christ was the first vampire. So if you love vampire fiction um, and you have your your hold up with religion, you'll love it. If you're a very religious person and you think this is blasphemy, you'll love it, believe me. And if you have no opinion and you just like a wonderful, fictitious read, I guarantee there's something in there for you. And again, I'm going to that out tonight where they can get that free listing, yeah. and then I'm going to pick up a copy from you that we're going to give out to a lucky listener. So thank you. Awesome. And I have to say, I read it, and I was raised Catholic. He does it so respectfully <coughs> and with some education behind it and some facts behind it. Thank so. you. Yeah. Alexander Rodriguez, where can they find you, my friend? Uh, follow On The Rocks. Uh, OnTheRocksRadioShow.com has all the links to iHeartRadio, to the YouTube. You can see the show as well as listen to the show. And then personally, Alexander is on air because I am on air. And then watch me September 20th on Glitter Bomb Nationwide in 13 million homes. Pay your cable bill because I will be there. What channel? Check your local, local listings. I don't know what, what channel network? it is. LATV. <laughs> and I'm out on the show. What's your OnlyFans account? And Michael Ferrer. In between, you've left this fantastic job. What's your dream job, and where can they find you on social media in case I have all these hiring <laughs> agents out there today? Actually, I think I'm going to start uh, doing special events because that's the part of the job that I really enjoy. Um, so I might be, might be, you know, I've got a job in the works coming up. But um, I'd actually tell people go to Roar Resistance, uh, Roar Resistance on Facebook. Great organization. Um, and uh, we are a strong group of activists trying to make our difference in these, some of these swing districts around Los Angeles and. Palm Springs has some swing districts locally too that then we need to we need to turn blue, and uh, you know so I think if people want to go on there, there's lots of education, there's lots of opportunities to be active, and you can do a phone bank by yourself in your home if you want to. Scott, I just have to give it back to you. Uh, congratulations on the show. Uh, yeah. yeah. Thank you, everybody. I really appreciate it. This has been a great trip. Again, a big shout out to John and Sandy and Raymond for making me and my guests feel so welcome. We have one more week of shows, guys. Next Monday and Tuesday, we'll be live from the Indoors Resort here in Palm Springs, 2 to 4 p.m. local time, 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern time by my friends back east. Thanks for being part of it. Christina, I appreciate you back there in Ohio. Thanks, and find us a nice uh, little musical interlude to play out to. Guys, we'll be back next week. You're listening to Left the Straight Show. Bye-bye.
dollar check.